Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. It's a new year, new normies, as we talk our top ten films of the year and catch up after the holidays on Normies Like Us. They won't fear it until they understand it. What is it? If you do choose to free me, I'll spend the rest of my days trying to right that wrong. You didn't tell him to leave the gun. I don't know why I told him to leave the gun. I told, told him, exactly. him to leave the gun. Just like you but told him, kid. I don't know why he didn't. I don't know why. I told him just like you heard it up top. Happy norm year. Norm year. Normie and Normie that is and Normie. the sound of the ball dropping as your Normie hosts say goodbye to 2023 and hello 2024 here on Normies Like Us with those hosts. Uh, happy new Colin. Yeah, happy new Mike. And happy baby new year coming That's back right. 2024. There he That's is. right. <laughs> Two, 2023 time. brothers and sisters came before and now we have the baby That's new right. year 2024. Much like the ghost of Christmas, uh, yeah, come in and know me better, present. man. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, know me normie, man. But good to see you guys. Good to be back in the new year. It was a, a good last year. There's a lot of cool stuff that we're going to recap later. But how are your holidays? You know, Jacob, Colin, what did you do? Anything cool? Uh, Yeah, mine was good. I just uh, went over to Miami, uh, Florida. Um, Big you know, Willie visiting style. The family, which uh, I tend to do. I mean, we sometimes we're in other places, but... Uh, uh, my, my mom and stepdad live part-time in Florida. So, uh, it's a good place to go in the winter time. And, uh, we just hung out there, played a lot of pickleball, of course. Uh, oh, and, yeah. uh, you know, didn't do too much, just kind of relaxed and, uh, you know, and had some good family time, enjoyed, uh, some movies, played some games and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, it was a great, it was a great time all around. Well, that's right. Love that's great. Well, yeah. Happy holidays. Happy new year. Colin, how about you? Happy what holidays. Did you get into? I'm kind of say the same, a very chill amount of family time, got to hang out with my baby nephew, did a dope ass puzzle with my mom and brother, watched a bunch of movies, a bunch of uh, great British British Bake Off, which is like a very neutral, easy show to watch with your loved ones, right? Sure. Um, Five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It, it was pretty low key. Uh, saw a bunch of movies that we'll definitely talk about today. Wrapped up a bunch of uh, good movie viewing stuff. Uh, ate some good food. I don't know. Fucking oh, love yeah. the holidays. But in my opinion, 2023, a lot of good stuff came out. Kind of a piss shit year in terms of like the actual stuff that happened in it. So I'm kind of hoping 2024 a little Weren't better. they all? Yeah. 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 These days, unfortunately. These days. How about how about yours, Mike? How was no, your um, end of 2023? It was pretty chill. It was pretty chill, too. I did go to Ohio, uh, where my family lives for Christmas, and then Kansas City to visit some friends for New Year's. Um, we did the whole Christmas thing, dinner, watched some shows. There was a lot of Western, a lot of gun smoke. I don't know. We were a, watching a lot of old Westerns for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, Love that. Upgraded the internet, you know. We did a bunch of tests nice. at my parents' house. Hey, and, uh, chores. Yeah. You got to do it. Yeah, there was a bonding moment. And then uh, in Kansas City, my friends throw kind of events and they did a party uh, for New Year's Eve. And that was very fun. So shout out. I'm wearing their shirt to the the Sugar Rush crew in Kansas City. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Check that out if you're in the area. It's a great event. Uh, good friends. Yeah. And now we're back. So, yeah. Well, how about this? Kansas City, um, Miami, Tennessee. We all traveled 
Now, last year, Jacob, uh, you famously got caught up in that plane apocalypse thing that happened with Delta or whatever. Oh, yes. How was everybody's Southwest? Yes. Sorry. But how how was everybody's travel this year? Mine was good this year. If you don't know Normie's last year, I probably told it on last year's uh, first episode of the year. But I I had a layover in in Las Vegas last year. I was going to Las Vegas to Colorado, um, mm-hmm. Denver, and I basically got stuck in Vegas. My my second leg of my flight was canceled as I was landing in Vegas, so I was stuck oh, in Vegas man. for like nine hours on Christmas Eve of all days, and uh, almost thought I was going to have to spend Christmas evening night uh in vegas alone which would have been interesting i guess but uh eventually i did get a flight out and made it uh home for the holidays as it were well they uh, made that year, lifetime movie about you didn't they that's right yeah. stranded for christmas <laughs> melissa yeah, joan yeah. hart isn't it it's yeah. a rom-com um, oh, please your mom i hate that yeah roll the dice on love stranded for christmas <laughs> vegas you know it's all all the copies I love there it, yeah <laughs> i love it mike thank you uh this year I didn't take any chances. I, I did a direct flight LA to uh, Miami, LAX, which I hate going to, of course. I try to fly out of Burbank if yes, I can. Yeah, Pro sure. tip there if you live in the LA area, especially if you live in, you know, close to Burbank, always fly out of Burbank if you can. It's usually a little more expensive and uh, you might have a layover because of that. But yeah. Uh, so I did LAX to Miami, uneventful flight, made it safe and sound. And then on the way back, I flew into Burbank because I was like, I don't want to come out. I don't want to worry about lax now how about this getting your bag i've always found uh burbank to be the worst at getting your bag from baggage time if you checked your bag one time it took me an hour how how was that for you it took a little bit like it was like standing around for like 20 minutes after i landed it's all like outside too so it's like you're just standing around with a bunch of other people outside waiting for your bags yeah kind of annoying yeah, but all plane travel is really, if you think about it. Mike, yeah. hey, your how was your travel this year? Well, you know, off the Burbank meta, I was trying to do that as well. Um, mm. And then I guess they end up in Vegas because I I was going to take I was on Spirit, but you get a layover in Vegas and then get to Cleveland that's a, because yeah, that's, that's a, a hub. popular hub. Either that yeah. or Phoenix, generally, if you're going through yep. Burbank. Yeah, yeah. So they're all going through Vegas. Um, I had a you know, I get to the airport, then it's delayed three hours, then it's delayed. Uh, all night and then it's like well i've already missed my connect i'm still in la and my connection is gone so that was a whole thing Uh, a little bit of a headache i I had lost three days of my time in ohio because they couldn't rebook me oh that does suck for a couple days so i had to go home and the most frustrating part which i need to get on the phone and you know this is just anecdotal but the lifts the ride share to go to the airport and back and again costs more than Uh, the flight dog Oh, yeah, you can expense that, I think, uh, right? You can, um, because yeah, you they hit them up. Yeah, you can, you can hit them up and be like, hey, refund me my lift, you know, price because I came all the way out to the airport and you canceled my flight. You can definitely do that. Yeah. And then I got booked to LAX. So it was an even further one to go, you know, so I ended up uh, flying out of LAX anyway, trying to avoid it. But it is what it is. Uh, that's the spirit, as it were. But we got where we needed the flight to, uh, you know, Kansas City was fine and back home was fine, but baggage did take an hour in Ohio. But Colin, how about mm. you? It's uh, a nightmare, but it is really painful. Well, how about Chattanooga to Charlottesville, I think? North Carolina uh-huh. was my connection to LAX. And I got to say, pretty painless, but Mike, I'll complain with you as well. The time it took me to, because LAX now drops you off at the LA exit, which is the yes. hub for all rideshare apps, it is a fucking nightmare. Oh, I got yeah. in at 11 p.m. 
There were so many people there. It took a million years to get a lift. It was mm-hmm. so expensive. It fucking yeah. sucked. Yeah. Well, even I, getting I, an Uber or a lift out of Burbank can be a pain too, just because right. so many people are trying to do it at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's the same. And I have a problem with the LEX thing. And I, I told a story to you guys a ton of times about Japan. It's 500 yen to get on a train that exits in the airport. That's like $4 and some change. Meanwhile, 70 Jesus bucks. You have to go Christ. to LAX it. But there is a hack I learned, and I probably shouldn't be sharing this publicly. I might get targeted. But what you do is you just get on any rental car shuttle, go to their building, and then call a lift. Because that LAX mm. shit is a nightmare. Oh, and because the algorithm, yeah. if you use they the right strategy, from they, that address. but that it inflatedly the, charges you, dude. So that makes sense. The to price is cheaper, price too. Down to go somewhere else. Mm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it saves you time oh and God. money. Don't tell your that's friends. That's a great Keep idea. secret. But that's yeah. between us. <laughs> so. Well, uh. that's great. I'm glad we're doing our annual uh, air air uh, travel <laughs> podcast. podcast. We're going to fix it. This, this is our somebody's favorite are going to be the things to fix it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll also say we're all six foot just sitting in seats these days. It's just such fucking bullshit. So oh, yeah. I, it's and they're having a flag room. And actually, no. maybe I'm just I'm getting older. I mean, we all are. But uh, yeah. when I was flying out to Miami. By the time I landed in Miami, my knees were killing me because I couldn't oh, extend my legs. And I was like, am I getting old? Because my knees yes. are fucking yeah. killing me. <laughs> this this is another For question. I'm going to sit here for five hours. Yeah, It's my neck. Are you a, mm. are you aisle or window guys? Or are you a chaos I'm, center? <laughs> I'm centrist? always a window guy. Yeah. I like to be on the window. I can sleep against can if I it. want to. Yeah. And I try sleep? to use the bathroom on the plane. If I don't have to, I just sit there the whole time. Uh, and wait but for it to see, land. Jacob, sleep is the secret to your success. I love that. I wish mm-hmm. I could be that person. I am an aisle person because I have to have the control of the bathroom because I get motion sickness that I have oh, to get up bummer. to go throw up in the bathroom, unfortunately. That's, That's a bummer. Yeah, I never do that. I used to be window meta, but now that I'm older, I don't want to bother people if I have to get up. But I do the aisle so I can stretch one leg out. And I can get yes. up and kind of do the ankle lifts. Yeah. I got yelled at by a flight attendant this time who kept they saying, the there, yeah. keep your, but it was like late enough where it's like, I knew the drinks were done and nobody yeah. should have been coming through. But this guy holding a baby was up back and forth, back and forth. Right. So, <sighs> uh, That's smart. By the know. way, did you hear about, Jeez. speaking of window and aisle, um, <laughs> yeah. there's this plane that like – Part of the plane, like can't like the side of the plane broke off. Alaskan Airlines. Oh yeah, and luckily there was no one sitting in that aisle, and no one was actually hurt or anything. But imagine just be sitting by the window, and all of a sudden the, you know, the side of the plane gets shot off, and you're you know, staring at open sky. I mean, yeah, that's this is actually a good segment for SEO. But I'm luckily nobody was injured. Yeah, I guess one of the doors blew off or something like that. But you know, scary stuff. But luckily everyone's all right. But yeah, that's um. It's got to be terrifying. I'm on the pilot of Lost right oh, now, I, and I don't like yeah. it. Yeah. Right? That's, it will happen. Don't put me with the tailies. Yeah. I'll just <laughs> no. jump out. No, no. But uh, um, so that, that's our travel segment, you know? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's us complaining about air travel for 20 I got minutes a, or whatever. I got a segue for us, though. Yeah. You know, that, that Air Air Alaska Airlines flight, that thing that happened, you know, that's like a scene right out of a movie. So why don't we talk about wow. our top 10 movies of 2023 <laughs> right after this? <laughs> Wow. After this connection, connecting flight, I guess. (laughs) 
We're back here on Normies Like Us, where we are going to start doing a little countdown. Now, this is our New Year, New Normies episode. We're going to be talking some of our favorites from last year, some of our best ofs, mainly films. We're going to be going through our top 10 list. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to be shouting out some other favorites, too, maybe talking some worse. I wanted to throw to you guys to first say uh, my favorite episode that we mm. recorded last year of this podcast and a film I'm so glad we watched last year to discuss. It's a little movie called Uncharted. And if our listeners wow. didn't watch along with that, I had such a good time talking that movie with you guys. So that, that that's my highlight about. episode 2023. That was, that was a great, great highlight. Idea. It's only worth watching because of the dialogue that happened after. Like it really. Oh, yeah made up for the experience of viewing it because it was a very fun episode to record and just the amount of movies that that movie is trying to be at once is staggering <laughs> and it's not right. succeeding in any of them yeah so um marky mark yeah normies we did that we did a similar episode last year that was our first episode of 2023 and um i like doing these episodes a lot and i put a lot of preparation into it and this is kind of my favorite time of the year this early january i did this last year so it's kind of Mm -hmm. become an annual tradition for me i get home from my holiday travels and i just try to watch all the big releases from the past year that i may have missed out on and um, there's a bunch and a lot of them that i really want to see they don't come out until november or december anyways because they're more Mm -hmm. awards type movies or whatever so uh, i spent the last week catching up watching a bunch of good movies and stuff I think actually like half the movies on my list, I only saw in the past week. So I'm very excited to talk about it. Yeah. There was a sudden burst of exciting and eclectic uh, films released. I would agree with you, Jacob, not just Mm -hmm. in theaters, obviously the dumbass fucking streaming model as well, but some um, go straight to streaming. Some are just like movies in theaters that I didn't catch in theaters that made it to, you know, DVD release or streaming release Mm -hmm. um, by this month. So I was like, Oh, catch those. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. And I saw one of these movies I did see in theaters when I was in Miami, uh, with my, with my sister. So I'm excited to talk about that. And, um, by the way, shout out to my siblings, my siblings, dogs, my brother's dog and my sister's dog, who I got to see, but I didn't mention in the intro that I wanted to shout out because I love those dogs. They're, they're Sadie and Juniper. Shout out to you. They just, their ears perked up as, as soon as you said that on there. They're listening. I hope course, so. Right? Yeah. That's Your best great. friends. Yeah. Oh, no, that's, that is sweet. Um, I had, I had to like go back and look at my like Alamo. Like, what did I see this year? Like it took me, I, yeah. there's, there's some movies I was like, oh yeah, that did come out this year. But then I could yes. get to 20 though. I only had 19 movies this year. So I didn't do the catch up. I should like, I, had... I missed a lot of these late Oscar movies, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, it was the same for me last year where I was like, a bunch of them that I was meaning to see by this episode so that I could, if they, you know, cause I was like, mm-hmm. this might probably will make my list. I just need to see it. And there was the same this year. So I was like, I'm glad I ended up seeing a bunch this week because it really changed my list. Cause even like two weeks ago, my list was mostly stuff that I saw like this summer or earlier this year and stuff. And so there's a lot of good stuff that's just coming out now. There's a lot of stuff that's still in theaters. That's worth checking out and i haven't seen everything that i i wanted to see even so that's the right. big caveat here because yeah. there's stuff to go on your list and stuff to ooh, i want to see that so bad and yep. if it's left off my list and some normies like oh colin you're putting that up above that no i just have not seen it yeah that's a that's really and important we'll point that out to mention well. yeah yeah i'm the same way there's definitely some stuff that i haven't seen that i want to that could make my list at a later date 
Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, now, yeah. I will say this just because Mike, you were saying uh, how many films you saw this year and you did the Alamo uh, program. So you got to go see a bunch in theaters, which was very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I just brought up my letterbox. You can search 2003 films. I saw 43 films this year that were just released as 2003 films or 2023 films. Oh, huh. Let me see how many so I, I saw. Like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't always rank, rank them, but I did for this. Like, you know, I don't letterbox as heavily as you guys do. So I had to kind of go back. But yeah, it was only 19, so then I threw uh, one more on today while I was working to get to 20, but it's, that's just... Hey. I guess it doesn't count, because it's 2024 20, now, but whatever. It counts. Yeah, yeah for me, uh, well, where do you even see the number, I guess? You count 16. it. <laughs> yeah, do some quick math. 30, 30, do some 37 quick movies math. in the year 2023. In theaters, 37. There we go. Well, not all in theaters. We're streaming. Yeah, 37. Uh, and Letterbox is definitely something I've that Colin got me into and I've been keeping up on pretty much maybe almost two years now where I, I log every movie I see and rate it and review it. So it's something I've, you know, I've kept up on, even if I get a little behind sometimes, so I'm proud of myself for sticking to it, I guess. I, maybe that'll be my New Year's resolution. Do that. Hey. Like, actually write the reviews, keep keep track. Yeah. We do. You know, we it's a fun were thing enjoyers to do. of cinema. It's, it's a COVID yeah. diary is what it started for me. Mm. It truly was a bit of keep your mind straight. Keep track of everything you are consuming. Yeah. So right. I found it to be quite important. I and mean, I like the, to make a list work, of things that I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Famously, I have the definitive 100% accurate grudge rankings of every film that you can check out. <laughs> That's, That's right. the only one I put some I like, work into. I like looking at Mike's letterbox every once in a while because it is just like scattered things like that. It, it, it makes <laughs> me chaos. very happy. This says twenty twenty three top ten or something like that. That's the name of this yeah. list. Yes, yes. Your list this year has ten different grudge movies on it, right? Uh huh. <laughs> if they were released in twenty twenty three, they'd be at the top. Right. Halloween's they are always some of my favorite episodes recorded. Maybe Grudge was my favorite. Maybe Candyman was my favorite because I did end up uh, Norby's yeah. watching the rest of those movies. So. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I think the Grudge yeah, was definitely my one. episode. Of the, it just hey, that, that experience changed me forever. <laughs> I, I think it did, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm scared how it changed, here. yeah. Oh, this is my anecdote, too. My friends in Kansas City, they have this cat that just yells at you. Like, if it doesn't know you, oh, it just no. follows you around and meows. So I just started calling it Toshio, and whenever it would meow. Uh, and then it got, like, oh, no. self-conscious and stopped bugging me. <laughs> so it's like, I don't want to be called scared the, it away. the grudge. You would yeah, crawl I, down the stairs at it, Mike. <laughs> that's exactly right. Uh, but anyway... Uh, there's 14 of those, but should, I mean, we want to count it back from 10, kind of start at 10. And, That's yeah, a great idea. Jacob, uh, please go ahead and kick us off here. Yeah, and I'll just shout out just super quickly a couple of my uh, honorable mentions because I had... Oh, yes, what didn't make the list? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff. It was really hard to even pick my order because my top 10, I feel like, are all bangers. And mm-hmm. even 11 through you know 16 are all like... In a lesser year, they might have made the list. So, right. um, you know, shout out to John Wick for wow. uh, the killer, uh, the new David Fincher movie, uh, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part One, uh, mm. Evil Dead Rise, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, The Pope's Exorcist, Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. Wow. Uh, and, you know, they clone Tyrone, Barbie. Uh, knock at the cabin. That's pretty much it. Oh yeah. Um, Mike, can I ask a spoiler real quick? Is mission impossible on your list? 
Yeah, it's in the top ten. Okay, uh, we'll wait. I, I want to say something about it Let's then see. when we get to yours. Okay. No, and so yeah. is Barbie. Yeah. So you must have seen some really wow. good stuff to put yeah. some of the things out. So that's when, cool. And some of those, yeah, like Mission Impossible was in my top 10 until like this past week, but it got bumped yeah. down wow. by some other movies. So now it's 13, wow. which is pretty good. So, yeah, it's pretty yeah. close. Nice. Yeah, Evil Dead Rise was just out of mine too. It's at 11. Mm. Like I, I thought that was a very strong film. Uh, good yeah. horror. But yeah. John Wick 4 at 11, that was probably my hardest cut of the top <sighs> yeah. 10. But uh uh, I'm sure that's on one of your guys' top 10. It but my number here. 10 yeah. to get into it is uh, a movie I saw last week, The Holdovers, okay. by Alexander Payne. Uh, it's the new movie starring Paul Giamatti. Uh, and uh, Colin, you've seen this movie too, right? Incredibly delightful. Yes, I have. Mike, did you get a chance to see this uh, little Christmassy peacock just it's released? On peacock, film? On the cock. No, yeah. It's on the cock. It's on the cock. Yeah. The holdovers. It's on the cock. I have not seen it's this. Very 70s. Very cool. Very, very cool pick, Jacob. Very funny. Yeah. Very 70s. I mean, it's set in the 70s and it feels like a 70s kind of movie. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's just a very cozy uh, holiday type movie that you can watch uh, during the holidays. Uh, it's set during the over this holiday mm-hmm. break with these, these kids in boarding school that um, have to be holed over because their parents don't want them for the holidays or whatever. So they have to right. stay at school while everyone else goes home for the holidays. It's kind That's of how you get these are screwed. You learn about business because you stay. Right. Kind of is, dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but Alexander Payne, he's a director that I like. I mean, Sideways is a great movie. Mm. I haven't seen all of his movies, but that's probably where, my favorite. Where yeah. do you land on downsizing? Mm. The eternally debated that film. one I haven't seen. Okay, um, interesting. But I heard it wasn't that good. So this is supposed to be sort of a return to form from his earlier days, and um, I thought it was great. Paul Giamatti is great in it. Um, he doesn't get you know a lot of movies like this where he can really shine and just like be this character. Um, and Except the supporting Ryan. roles. Uh, yeah, his his best role, Rhino, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> Why um, wasn't he in Spider Man Three? That's bullshit. He should be. Um, and the supporting cast, um, the kid who's kind of the main character uh, or secondary main character, Dominic Sessa, who was discovered for this role. Basically, he was in acting school, I think, and auditioned oh, wow. for you know out of 400 people or whatever he was picked this is his first movie role he was great in it and divine joy randolph who just won a golden globe last night for this role mm. uh for best supporting actress probably going to win the oscar she's great as well and i wasn't too familiar with her as an actress so um you know great supporting roles and just a really really good movie really solid you watch that uh, High Fidelity Hulu original series? She was in that with uh, no. Zoe Kravitz, and they both just fucking mm. killed. It's a killer one-season series that got canceled too soon. To yeah, out. she's great. Yeah, she plays like a, a grieving mother whose son died in the war, in the in you know the Vietnam War, uh, and uh, really, really good uh, acting, for sure. Great. It has a great look. I did see the trailer. Like it's shot like a seventies movie. Like it has that yes. aesthetic. It's really seems something it was Very on my radar. So. Yeah. So this is gonna it's go. It's got on. like seventies soundtrack, like Cat Stevens and stuff, and just good just good vibes. I liked it. That, that's cool. That's cool. I love yeah. His name is Yusuf Islam. How dare you? That's right. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Mr. Islam. <laughs> How about you, Colin? Where's your Number 10, what's what's that looking like? Uh going number 10 here. Let me know if it's on any of y'all's as well. 
Mm-hmm. It's, I think, a great return to form from a master that I love. It's M. Night Shyamalan's Knock at the Cabin. Mm. That, that was one of my honorable mentions I shouted out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fascinating, though. So. I'm going to bust it out then, so it didn't make either of your cuts. This is one that could easily, Jacob, I see this going if I end up seeing a couple more that you're going to talk about later. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling. Could get bumped um, But you also sent us a text, Jacob, that I unfortunately think is incredibly predictive of what the Academy Awards are going to kind of hammer out being. Mm. It, that kind of makes things boring. If I got to pick, my best supporting would be Batista. I think Dave Batista is so good in this movie that it elevates the whole film up to getting a slot in my 10. And that's that's all I'll stump for it for. It was really good. Yeah, no, yeah, give him little glasses, and it's great. Um, I, that's right, Mike. I explained your Batista theory to my dad, who also loved and raved about this film. He's like, "You're right. That's yeah, that's mm-hmm. the secret." It's big man, little glasses, <laughs> and that but... might not be the only uh, Batista role in my. Hey, there uh, we that go. We're going to talk about it's foreshadowing. But the yeah. reason it didn't make it, we're not going to spoil it. But the ending, like, didn't deliver the way I mm. hoped. But the rest of the film, I think, is really good. But uh, yeah, nice, good call though. And Batista, yeah. Deserves a respect. Yeah, yeah, Colin, you, that Mike? was number 20 for me out of my uh, uh, top 24. I, I can see I it kind of landing about like a 15 or a 14 for me. It's 14, yeah, yeah. I think, so. But uh, no. yeah, best wrestling actor, Dave Batista. Um, mine is a, a return. Not a return, but it's a sort of. I uh, Number 10 for mine, it's a horror movie. It wasn't Evil Dead Rides, close, but maybe I should have flipped him. But Scream 6, I enjoyed it. Oh. Mm. Um, you know, I thought it was a neat little, you know, he, uh, Ghostface takes Manhattan. Like it was fun, you know, and uh, yeah, I just have thought it was good. You liked it better than five, mm. or worse? I don't think I liked I think it better I, than five. Yeah, because I didn't dislike it, but it didn't make my list or anything. But it, uh, I think I just, I just preferred five out of the new sort of soft reboot kind of screen. Right, right. I mean, I'd like, I do prefer that, but I think maybe in hindsight, Evil Dead Rise should be at 10 because that is more, um, it has more craft to it. So maybe we're going to call yeah. it audible. But, I like uh, that movie. Yeah. I love Jen Ortega. Uh, um, yeah. Well, yeah. I was about to say, Jacob, I love Jen Ortega. I don't like these new ones. Interesting that you picked the last Scream movie. My, <laughs> obviously, this franchise, yes. yes, will never be moving forward. But that's 20 I couldn't pick the yeah. other one. Right. Yeah. yeah. Famously, they fired uh, the actress that plays Sam. Yep. Uh, Melissa Barrera. Comments over uh, Palestine and Israel situation. And then mm-hmm. Ortega also left the project. And then the, the director left the project. So, Christopher you know, The futures of these is who knows? Yeah. But the last Ortega's. I'm sure they'll bring it back at some point because it's an IP that'll make money. But there is only so I much won't you can do with it, though. Yeah. No, yeah. exactly. So, that's Screw probably the end of an era. I assume yeah. the next one will start with the famous actors getting fired from the Stab franchise. Like it's, it kind of is the <laughs> one franchise be, that we'll talk about. Way to stuff. do that! So, yeah. But after what they did to Nev Campbell too, where they just lowballed oh, the shit out of her. Talk. Yeah, Spyglass Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Boo! Yeah, no. Sorry, I put it on um, the list. You're out. It's Evil Dead Rise now. Forget it. <laughs> Evil Dead Rise <laughs> was anything. was really fun. Jumping yeah, to number excellent. nine, cutting back to Jacob. Yep. Yeah, my number nine. I'm very excited to talk about this one. I just saw it. Two nights ago, the boy in the heron, the new ah. Hayao Miyazaki mm. film, his first in ten years since the wind rises in 2013, which was going to be his last film. He retired after making that, but then came out of retirement because he was just like, "Well, I'm still alive, so I kind of want to make 
new movies and he made the mm-hmm. boy in the hair. And this is kind of a long gestating project. It was in development for like seven years, I think mm. over COVID and everything. So it, it was delayed a lot, but um, I just saw it in theaters and I really liked it. Um, I'm actually in the middle of a Miyazaki, like full rewatch where I'm going mm. back and watching all these Miyazaki films um, that I started in December. And um, I'm interested to know what Colin, cause I know you've seen this too, Colin. Um, mm. And I have not seen I, it, but it's high. It's it's on the list. It's yeah, it's a good one. It's it's maybe not my favorite Miyazaki, or in my you know favorite couple of Miyazaki. Oh, I felt like it was a little. I know there's a lot going on with it. It's it's maybe his most personal work because it's it's sort mm. of about his childhood and stuff in a way that a lot of his movies. He famously doesn't. He says like you know I don't put a lot of my own stuff in here, even if it's more. Mm-hmm is in there he just he kind of denies it but um, he's not a young girl who flies airplanes <laughs> uh no i don't think or so uh, <laughs> um but this movie it's 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 a little more esoteric i guess than than some of his other movies it's a little harder yeah. to follow uh mm. for a lot of the movie i was like what the fuck is going on which is not something i normally think in miyazaki like even as more even as his more outlandish kind of movies or magical movies they still kind of have a internal logic to him this one it's kind of like sort of almost a dream logic at times um mm. it you know it's it's most similar i think to to spirited away of his past work where it's like a young kid going through a major life change getting sucked into this magical world and having to figure out what's going on kind of there's a lot of heavy thematic stuff in there probably need mm. to watch it again to really understand a lot of it um but i did enjoy it and there was Definitely moments that I really enjoyed, and then some stuff where I was like, I don't know, I'm I'm a little confused. But Colin, what 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 were your thoughts on this movie? Well, it is on my top ten too, so I'll kind of wait to rebuttal at, yeah. uh, at you about all that. But um, I think that's all super fair. Uh, yeah, and and um, yeah, what do you say about the most expensive film ever made in Japan? Now, uh, like you said, seven years in the making. So, but incredible. It, it, it's doing well financially, even yeah. in America. Um, and again, it just it won a Golden Globe last night. Surprise win over Spider-Man, I think, where it won yeah. Best Animated oh. Feature. So we'll see what happens at the Oscars. But um, I know Spirit Away won before. I think some, maybe some of his others have won. Um, he doesn't care about awards, of course. But no. uh, it's definitely going to need a rewatch. I, I watched, I listened to the Blank Check podcast episode about it which is a, a great movie great podcast yeah, yeah and that kind of helped me understand certain things about it um but just in general i love the i mean the animation of great is great of course miyazaki is one of the all-time masters i think you can put him up there with any live action auteur in terms of his mm. body of work is just like so so good um so he's a master and i love some of the casting choices for the english dub were very funny Robert Pattinson is great, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, Batista as the Paracus King. Yes. Uh, yes. Loved him as well. So, oh, that's yeah. great. The boy and we're the heron. Gonna, we're going to talk more wrestling later, but boy, to, to be talking Batista in these weird movies he made this year that aren't wrestling. I mean, strange. another Dave Batista on the He's list the best. as well. Wow. wow. Interesting. Yeah, we'll, see. we'll see. Keep it. Stay tuned. Uh, number nine that for he's you, in, uh, May, December. He, he plays the woman who's obsessed <laughs> with the actress. Um, yeah. Number nine for me. Uh, Jacob already said not on his list. Didn't make the cut. So I'd be curious for you, Mark. 
Mark, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Mike. Uh, but this is John Wick chapter four. Just uh, by 11th. Yeah. Just that, missed. Your, uh, that, wow. Just missed it. Yeah. It got so, bumped out. Mike, sorry. Did you say on your list? On the list. Higher. On yeah. your list. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll just briefly say then before we discuss it more, because um, I know you will probably be mainly focusing on uh, Rin Sibwaya. Is that what her name was? Oh, <laughs> the, the, uh, incredible. Yes. The yeah. incredible actress who's in that film. Mm-hmm. Um, a movie that when I saw it, I was like, Boy, I don't know, but it's left me really, really thinking about it. I think Chad Stileski has a lot to say about life and death and blockbusters, and he really pulls it off in that franchise. So, John Wick, Chapter 4. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that. Um, I have a, another wrestler with number nine, Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. The ninth hey. movie. John Cena does a voice in that, I believe. Um, so. Oh, yeah. Just a fun movie, interesting animation, another animated movie, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that's cool. I, I thought it would be a real contender for the, you know, Academy Award or the Golden Globes. So I'm kind that. of surprised to see yeah. it's not getting that love. There's just Mike, so I many. You got it. Yeah. In terms of animation this year, is really strong year. I mean, you have New Miyazaki, year. you had, mm-hmm. you know, um, Spider-Man, obviously, you had Elemental, I guess, um, New Pixar, mm-hmm. so. <laughs> mm-hmm. On your list. Yeah. Yep. Not on my I list. Like the turtles, spoiler, so. that's Jacob's number one. <laughs> right. um, turtles was is one of my honorable mentions. It was number seventeen on wow. the list, in case you're wondering. I'm I'm very turtle biased. Obviously, I think it's been documented on the podcast. I like the turtles a lot. And it had the most mutants. It was a mayhem. It had the most mutants than any Ninja Turtles property. It was a lot of fun. The kids yeah. did a great job with the voice acting. It's got a great kind of vibe. It's like Definitely. maybe the best turtle movie besides the original, like for like quality because two is camp but anyway that's, right. that's strong really nice. plot fucking jackie chan mm-hmm. the fucking milking joke i remember oh, to this day being so funny like it's and seeing good, splinter dude. doing jackie chan antics with the office chair yes. and like using all their weapons yeah. you've never seen that so those is kind of neat yes that's great yeah. family and speaking of the turtles uh you got to get on fortnite and get these new turtle uh skins is this that i missed because i no. uh, <laughs> I got home from the holidays. I was like, let me get on uh-huh. Fortnite. And because I know they had the turtle skins because our friend Joe, of course, bought them. So he's been playing mm-hmm. with the turtles. I was like, I want to, I'm going to drop some money on these fucking turtles. Go on the store. They're not on there anymore. I missed oh, them. No. So they need to bring uh, back the turtles so I can buy them. So I can give I want, you my money, Epic. Yeah. I want this design of the turtles. So give me the mutant mayhem. That'd turtles. be dope. That'd yeah. Be sick. But anyway, yeah, I'll have to check that out. Jacob, um, I saw they just brought back uh, Ripley and the Xenomorph. Do you yes, have I uh, own both them, of yes. those? Oh, okay, good. Awesome. Awesome. Of course. <laughs> got to have that. Running around with a shotgun is <laughs> <It's> fucking wild. <laughs> very scary. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. It I is just say, shut up and take one. my money, Epic Games. Yep, yep. Anyways. Good model. Um, number eight, though. Back to Jacob number for eight. number seven. Are we at seven? Number eight, I think. Oh, eight. number eight. Sorry, that's right. Um, yeah, number eight for me is a, a movie that I that came out on Netflix, went straight to Netflix, uh, getting a lot of uh, buzz, sort of a smaller drama. Uh, it's May-December, uh, May-December, directed by Todd Haynes, starring Julianne Moore, Natalie Portman, and Charles Melton. This, of course, is the movie. It's based on a real story about a woman who was a teacher – uh, like a middle school teacher, I think, and like was in a sexual relationship with a student who was like 13 at the time. Um, illegal, of course, you know. Right. Uh, 
And she went to jail for, you know, statutory rape. But when she got out of jail, they, well, she ended up having this kid's baby in jail. And then when they got out of jail, they married and were like married for like 20 years or something. Um, So it's kind of, it's not a hundred percent based on a story because the names are different and certain details are different, but it's, it's loosely based on that story. And that woman ended up dying of cancer. Um, And, but really interesting story. And Colin, again, I know you've seen this as well. Um, Probably on your list. Am I right? Absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's Mary Lou Laterna, I believe. And Mike, uh, I think we're old enough, all of us to remember this, but do you remember when South Park parodied this event while it was happening with Ike, Stan's younger brother, dating his teacher? Yeah, yeah. Very inappropriately. I do remember this in pop culture, like this event and the getting married afterwards. That's very fucking wild. Uh, But yeah, Yeah. South Park. Wild story. Of course, you know, Mary Lou Retton, Mary Lou Letourna. Letourna, I I think that's right. Letourna, it is. Okay. And it's interesting. Obviously, if the the genders are swapped, people have a lot more revulsion to that kind of idea. But it's, of course, it's still wrong and bad to do, you know, in the way that it was. So, Um, but this is kind of dealing with, with this relationship 20 years later and this actress that's uh, played by, uh, Natalie Portman is going to be playing the woman played by Julianne Moore in a movie in the movie. So she huh. she's kind of visiting them to study this woman to like become her kind of. Yeah, and um, I thought the standout, yeah, of the movie was not the two more established actresses, but it was actually Charles Melton, who Colin, I know you your favorite show Riverdale. He was in that, right? Oh, absolutely was. Uh, and very controversially, I don't know if you guys know this. He played the character uh, Reggie, who uh, was originally portrayed in the first season by Ross Butler, who was in those Shazam movies. He's like the one that wears like the green suit, like magic uh, body that they turn into. Sure. Um, and it was kind of unexpected. You know, the, the guy just left and didn't want to do Riverdale anymore. People got very nervous and upset. How can you replace this fan favorite character? Uh, and they brought Charles Melton in, who I believe started dating the the actress who plays Veronica Camilla Mendez like right away, um, mm. but immediately got boosted up to like a huge part and became a fan favorite because he is oh, quite wow. a good actor. And uh, I loved seeing him break through in this, Jacob. It's, it's yeah, he killed it in this. Just the way he, I mean, he's a 34 year old, but he, the way he he's he's basically a, a 13 year old boy trapped in the body of a 34 year old and the way he carries himself and like in this movie mm-hmm. is just incredible um so he'll be oscar nominated for sure probably won't win because of robert downey jr whoever but um mm. really incredible for for a sort of a first movie like this coming out of a, sh- a long running show like L- riverdale like he's got a bright future for sure yeah i'm going to make a statement that's yeah. very cool yeah, that's a very it's a very kind of um high or sort of melodrama mm-hmm. camp type of movie, but um it's really fun, really interesting movie for sure. Got it, got it. Well, so we're eight, Colin. What's your, what's your number eight then? My number eight is uh, Past Lives, which is um uh, uh, kind of this. following in the vein of what Jacob's saying. Just a beautiful light little drama. It's yeah. um. A film made by a Korean-American first-time director whose name is... Let me find that real quick. Celine Kim, is that what it is? Celine Song, apologies. 
Mm. Um, Celine Song, and I guess she was a theater director. She's making her theatrical debut here. And it's just this beautiful drama about um, a boy and a girl who grew up in Korea and end up just separated from each other. Uh, is this on either of your guys' list? This is yeah. not one I've seen yet. It's definitely on my list to see, but I have not had the chance to see it yet. Um, interestingly, because the Golden Globes just happened yesterday, I'm going to compare everything to what got nominated and stuff. But yeah. um, she was uh, nominated for Best Director. So she was up Oh wow! Scorsese yeah. and Nolan and Greta Gerwig and wow. her, basically. So to be in with those you know, more established directors, definitely for your first feature is like pretty good. Um, and then mm-hmm. this also won or this was nominated for best foreign language film, but it was USA's submission. Which I didn't strange, even understand yeah. how that works, but <laughs> I'd love to know. I didn't know that was possible. Um, but I guess because it's mostly or partially in Korean, um, it's considered a foreign language film. Hmm. But it's yeah. America. Vim Vendors, you know, like the incredible uh, German director made a Japanese film this year about cleaning toilets that I saw a trailer for when I saw uh, The Boy and the Heron Jacob, where I was oh, like, wow. movies are crazy. No? Like yep, anybody yeah. can just make whatever they want. So. Sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and Past Lives falls into that. I, I'd highly recommend it. It's a beautiful love story. It doesn't go how you'd think it would, but it goes how your your heart knows it will. And A24, you know, they were uh, paying people correctly during all that striking. Mm. So so we like to support another A24 movie coming up as well. Mike, important to point out, a lead actress, Greta Lee, who was known for that. um, What was that time loop Netflix show with Natasha Leone? Russian Doll is is that Russian Doll? Yeah. She was the big spring. I saw her on a Graham Norton uh, mic and she was like, the reason that I'm even here and able to publicize this is because A24, you know, signed all those, you know, like vouchers and releases mm-hmm. to let people work and, you know, did all the correct things during the strike. And it, I loved it. So yeah, that, that yeah. is so worth pointing out, dude. For and sure. I don't know. Uh, this is just uh, another side note. I don't know what role, but she's credited for uh, some voices in the Spider-Man Spider-Verse movies. So. Mm. Oh, I believe she plays the young, uh, the one who rides the Evangelion one. What's her name? The, oh, Penny Parker. Mm. Penny Parker, yes. That, thank okay, you. Yeah, I believe yeah. she does voice Penny Parker. Oh, gotcha. sure. Yeah, good cool. job, Greta Lee. Um, I have a very controversial number eight. Um, I'm ready. It. It's, yeah, strictly on how much I would want to watch it again ever. And it's Oppenheimer. It's number eight. Oh, sure. It's in the top ten. And I think yeah. Nolan directed the hell out of it. But it's yeah. it's all dialogue which he does a great job of making that interesting. I just, I don't think I need want to visit it again. I saw it Probably in IMAX, it the, the explosion. It's like, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't pay off. Yeah. I don't think it deserved to be shot in IMAX. I think that was a, the format doesn't serve this well, story, but that's just my hot take. Nolan just it's likes, nuclear, but yeah, you know. Nolan just likes large format, like cameras and stuff. So he shoots everything that way, even if it's and not for the one scene it. where it's spectacle. Yeah. But this, yeah. didn't warrant it but it was a great incredible movie i'm not saying it's bad it's just i don't know i kind of have no motivation uh, to visit it again i don't think you're that crazy mike considering where i'm going to talk about it in my top 10 here in just a okay. second but jacob i know you probably have this in yours as well right you're yes it's a little higher for me yeah. um so yeah, not I'm, crazy all right all right no i think we all liked it um i don't yeah. think it's anyone's number one of the year not even my number one um, it does look like it's going. It's destined to sweep the Oscars in terms of uh, best picture, best director, some acting awards. I mean, yeah. um, it's sort of Nolan's year to get his flowers because he's never really 
won before. He's never really made an Oscar type movie. So mm-hmm. this is kind of like like Christopher Nolan. All right, book it. So um Yeah, I mean Killian yeah. Murphy just being stressed out. Like it's like, oh my God. Like Yeah. Killian Murphy, great. I love him. I love him in this movie. He was great. Mm-hmm. Um Robert Downey Jr. is pretty much a lock to win Best Supporting. I thought he was fine. I don't think he was like amazing. I don't think he was outstanding either, but yeah. Killian Murphy certainly great job. I guess but people yeah, are just like, well, he's not doing Iron Man because he's only played Iron Man mostly for the past 15 years. So he's sort of proving that he can still, he still has range, like I guess. Dr. Doolittle is not even out here. <laughs> Best yeah, performance yeah. he's ever given. Right, of course. Sherlock Holmes. Oh yeah, Yikes. yeah, Yikes. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> yeah, he's on some other franchises <laughs> that didn't work out so well. Yeah, it's fine though. Um, but that's number eight. So good job. It's a great movie. Just you know, I have different tastes, but it deserves all the awards it's probably going to get. Yeah, yeah, that's totally valid placement. I think for that, it is become a destroyer of your list. No, we get it, Mike. Yeah, eight, <laughs> nice. I like it. I like it. But when, what's number seven? If we're climbing up here for you, Jacob. Well, let's see. We did uh, Collins number eight. Oh, yeah. So, um, yep. all right. Number seven. This is a good one. And I know it's probably on your guys' list as well. I'm talking Dungeons and Dragons, oh, Honor boy. Amongst Thieves. I'd yes. love to hear it's high up on this list, buddy. I'd love yeah. to hear it. I'll just number say seven. Mine's one up. It's uh, six. So it's adjacent okay. to you. Oh. So, I had this higher too, but it did get bumped out by some other recent ones I saw. Mm-hmm. But of course, I love this movie. I mean, this is the highest blockbuster franchise type of movie I have. Well, other than, okay, maybe not. There's two <laughs> other ones. But um, yeah, this movie was great. I hope it gets a sequel. Um, you know, yeah. we all do. Um, but of course, just loved it. Loved everything about it. I mean, it's the perfect Dungeons and Dragons movie that I could have ever hoped to see. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. More of this world, but that's great. Yeah, good addition. You know, we had did an episode, go back and listen, but we, we love this thing. We like our Star Trek, you know, Captain Kirk getting a little bit of shine. That's right. You know, he's very funny and charming, but yeah, yeah, that's a good, good addition. Um, yeah. Did, did you guys say this on air? This might have been um, uh, a friend of the podcast, Matt or Jacob. I can't remember if this was you, but when you guys were playing the other day, we were talking Dungeons and Dragons, and somebody said it would be a cool idea if the next movie was all the same actors rolling different characters. Oh. I think that's really oh yes, yes, American that was, Horror I think Story I said style. That. that would be sick. Yeah, I wanted all the, the same cast, but they're all different classes, different characters. That's- that's mighty interesting, my friend. That's I think that's that, a really good idea. Yeah, I don't think the studio or whoever would go for it just because they're like, well, it's not going to be marketable, but I think that would be a really fun move to do. For I've a heard, sequel. yeah, that's like the most D&D thing. And I've also heard it pitched it like if a character dies, they just show up in like, different armor as a new character. Yes, like, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's me yeah. again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they should have what Re- Reggie Jean page, the paladin in the first one, have him yeah. come back as a different character. And he's yeah, like, Sophia the one Lewis that, gets yeah. killed. She's a barbarian now. You're like, <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. And it's just here. You're, you have the same face, but we're not, we're not going to, we're not going to mention yeah. that. You're, you're a different character. Yeah. That's good. That's that would funny. Be funny. But I would just take any sequel based on how it did. I mean, it wasn't a huge hit, but hopefully it found sort of a life in streaming and people streaming discovering life. it, uh, that missed it in theaters and hopefully it gets a sequel. Yeah, the strange non-committal comments uh, that we got from our favorite Chris lately, Chris Pine, who was like, will there be another sequel? I'd love if there was, where it's like, oh, that's not great. That's kind of the same thing he says about Star Trek now. Yeah, you're like, like, is there going to be another Star Trek film? 
I would love it if there was. Yeah. Maybe like a lower budget one. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. the Baldur's Gate buzz for the brand, you'd think that would move the needle somewhat, but they yeah. probably will just do a Baldur's Gate movie for that branding. I don't know. Right. Anyway, uh, seven, Colin, where are you at? You, I just rolled a seven, and so did you. There we go. Uh, this is kind of what I think it was a little scene one. I don't believe it's on either of your lists. This is uh, an animated film in Japan that came out at the end of 2022, but it got an American release here in 2023, so I'm going to count it. It is Suzume. Mm. Uh, did either of you guys see Suzume? I know of it. I'm, I have I'm not. not a ton no. of anime, but I, I had friends that saw it and enjoyed it greatly. It looks like a sweet little story. So tell me why you liked it, because I haven't seen it, but I've seen the trailer. It's a new film from Makoto Shinkai. He's the award-winning director of Your Name, which was previously mm-hmm. the number one film ever made in Japan until oh, this sure, year, yeah. which, of course, yep. has been replaced by this bird and a man who pukes up a bird that screams at you. Or <laughs> a, a bird that screams up a man that screams at you. <laughs> It's a man's uh, of a bird. Yeah. Let me say this, Jacob. Birdman. This is a film about a young woman who opens magic doors that take her to different times and realities, and she sure. might have to face down a missing loved one that she goes on an adventure with through these doors. So if that sounds familiar to another animated Japanese film this year, um, oh, I just sure, think yeah. that's... <laughs> it's an interesting concept that these directors seem to be using to work through some sort of trauma. This one is not World War II based trauma. This is just about a, a young girl kind of getting over some stuff in her life. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's just a great look at loss and depression. So I, mm-hmm. I think it's just a beautiful yeah. movie. And is there like a wooden chair that's involved? There's in a magic movie? boy who is turned into a wooden chair who is the companion on this film, a la something like a Howl's Moving Castle where that prince is turned into that hopping scarecrow, oh, right? Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, Jacob, the Golden Globes did just occur, as you said. Yes. The oldest man on the planet was there. This is Harrison what I was Ford, going to talking about Indiana Jones, of course. <laughs> now, he was snapped in a picture Holding that yes. adorable little chair, yes. That's what I was going to bring up. It's Harrison Ford holding this <laughs> yeah. chair, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I guess that's from this this movie, so yeah, I yeah. wanted to, to mention that. Yes, very that's funny. Cool. Very cute. Um, good for him. Nice. Um, Mike, number seven? Number seven. Uh, it's um, Big Marvel, Dave Batista back at it again, Guardians 3. Um, Woo! I that was right. Wow! So I Guardians 3 making more, the list. But I loved Guardians 3. Yeah. So. What a year Batista uh, had. That's great. That was number 15 on my list. Did you make the cut? You saw like actual films. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Did this make your cut, Colin, or is it lower? No, I would put this at like 11 or something. This was one of those cuspers for me, Mike. Okay, yeah. So this is, yeah, just burning. You know, we, we, the end of James Gunn's tenure, I think he did a great job. I mean, a CG little guy made me feel emotions. Like, how did you do that? What, What a magic trick, so... Yeah. yeah, it's the end. It's like the last good Marvel movie that we might ever get. So maybe the only one that will ever have closure. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They get completed well, arcs or at least. Yeah. You know. And because they let um, James Gunn have so much control over this, the narrative of these three movies and it let him have this sort of self-contained trilogy, which they don't seem to do with every mm-hmm. franchise, like with Spider-Man um you know, oh yeah, like they're just going to make another one now, probably, and and they're tied with Doctor Strange and all this. Like they're, they're kind of yeah, yeah contained, and it's 
yeah, it's the most cohesive trilogy in the MCU, I think, for sure. Yeah. And now James Gunn has obviously moved on to DC. Best of luck to him there. Uh, we'll see if any of that makes our lists uh, at the next year's yes. recap. I just Aquaman, anybody? I get, I get so nervous the more that it. Um, well, yeah. hopefully he, he yeah. makes some movies before Warner Brothers goes out of business. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Before Disney um, buys them. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. I guess. But they buy audience, Paramount. Right? It's a very <laughs> weird world right now. Yeah, Star Trek and no, um, but yeah, the Guardians—they did it. So that nice. was, great choice. Um, what about your six? Great Jacob? choice. Because mine was Dungeons and Dragons. Number so. six. Now yeah. we're getting to the really. Oh, anything good else stuff. you want to yeah. say about Dungeons and Dragons, Mike? Oh no, we we love it. We love it. Um, just I wish that uh, Hasbro had not fired everybody who worked on Baldur's Gate and made them a ton of money. Yeah. Like it's kind of a it's a I'm conflicted because i love the movie i want more but i don't want them to have profit what can you do they um just admitted today after denying it and getting caught up in a huge scandal that they were using ai generated art for the background of magic the gathering cards oh wow. yeah i right. did hear about that fuck you hasbro it's, fuck uh, you Wizards of the coast not cool yeah, yeah. not cool so that's and the games industry, that. you know is obviously fucked where um massive layoffs are happening even when you know People are saying 2023 was one of the best video game years of all time in terms of a lot of industries releases. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a shame. Um, Number six for me, we're getting to the really good stuff now. Yeah. (laughs) Well, this is a company that we like a 24. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm talking the iron claw. The saddest movie ever made. Sweaty boys. (laughs) Greasy boys. Um, this movie I saw in theaters in Miami, um, went out and saw it and absolutely loved it. It's, if you know the story, obviously it's the story of the Von Eriks, the wrestling Mm -hmm. family, uh, a bunch of brothers who spoiler alert, pretty much a bunch of them died. Uh, yeah. And it's very sad. And, uh, but also like really fun. Like the beginning, the first half is really fun. It's a real dudes rock kind of movie. Uh, Zach Efron, yeah, Bad time, Ken, dog. hell yeah, <laughs> a lot of Kennergy. Zach hell Efron, yeah. it is uh, as Kevin Von Eric is given a lot of Kennergy, um, mm. and they're just you know just ha- they just want to hang out, have a good time with their brothers, um, and then the second half of the movie is just like one sad thing after another. It's mm-hmm. the true life story is so sad that they cut out one of the brothers that died because it would right. just be too like unrealistic that it would be that tragic. Uh, <laughs> I shot scenes with a uh, wrestler MJF, and they, like they cut all of it out. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, but this movie uh, was really great. Um, you know, obviously it's the story of the Von Erichs. Zac Efron, like I said, fucking killed it. Uh, he should be nominated for an Oscar. He was amazing. His body is insane. Okay. He's like insanely right. ripped. Hey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've not seen it. This yeah. would, I think, definitely make my top ten if I did see it. Let's talk about that body for a second because I think this is worth <laughs> Let's mentioning. Talk about that yeah. body. This yeah. is yeah. not body shaming. I want to talk about this real quick. No, this okay. is the opposite we'll for me. I think that. he's in incredible I, shape. Okay, I'm sure he's <laughs> he's, something. It's not competition, so I think yes, it's okay. I have some villainous opinions. <laughs> okay, let's here's go. the thing. Now he's obviously on steroids, HGH, all this stuff. He's saying that he's not. Let's talk about Zach Efron real quick. After Baywatch, which was where he was his most cut, but also super lean, he was mm-hmm. clearly taking 
cycles, like steroids. Like, I, I don't know. Okay. Mm. He got into a motorcycle accident afterwards. Yes. Said that he had to receive some facial surgery, surgery. and he's got this yeah. change John stuff. Mm-hmm. And Jacob, there have been pictures released after that motorcycle accident. He hurt his leg. Like there's mm-hmm. like it is there was nothing done to his like head. Obviously, this mm-hmm. is the result of just the HGH. I'll say this. Kamel Nanjiani after the Eternals must have been in the same motorcycle accident, Jacob, because well, he's yeah. got the same John face. Now, I don't again, want to be mean to him. I'm um, not body shaming or being mean. Now, the reason that I say this is and because, yeah. yes, it's so true and so obvious that it is a fallout and result of him doing the drugs. People say, what's the harm? What's the harm? If these actors want to do this stuff, I watch Jack Reacher. I'm the worst of them all, okay? <laughs> when when these people say, like, let them do it. They're not professional athletes. Let them do it. They should be able to look like whatever. I think psychologically it is bad. And the mm. ones that I think are bad are the Marvel movies where it's like, I'm Scott Lang. I'm a thief. I'm Paul Rudd where I'm 45 years old. Look right. at my washboard abs. That's mm-hmm. horrifying. Well, Paul Rudd Don't just doesn't do mean. that for young kids. That's yeah. regardless. Now, to contrast it's, it, yeah. I think when you're doing a big weirdo beefcake wrestling movie, I think this is kind of when you have to be able and allowed to do it. And I think, well, yeah, Jacob, yes, give him the Oscar because he looks he, so convincing. That's yeah, wow, that's great. He really went for it. I mean, Logic. he looks. Like his body looks great. His face, I didn't want to be mean to him because of the jaw surgery and all this stuff, but I thought it's maybe not, he had some work done or chance. something. There's, right. there's, um, he had to have. But I'm sure it's to correct whatever the growth is. Of the yet. industry, right? Of it's it it's, is. It's, it's horrible. Much, much worse for, for women, I'm sure. But for men, it, it could is, still be bad. But, it's you but know, the unrealistic body again, yeah. What these kids the fact that every kid now who's like five year old goes, My hero is the Avengers, and you look at them in a row and they're these Adonis Greek gods, that's not good or healthy. That no. is and super not good. I, I, I agree with that. Feedback yeah. on this too, because there's also like fitness influencers and stuff who are always saying they're natural and not taking shit. So it's like you can't attain it. And I think again, Jacob, like women have been dealing with it for a long time, but it also yes. men can have body dysmorphia. You know, it's oh, just different. Sure. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's just a different thing. But that is that is kind of. But what when the is. when the unrealistic standard is that you have to be super ripped and super like bulky and stuff like these superheroes and stuff, it can, yeah, it can lead you to, it can lead to a lot of psychological problems for sure. Yeah. And we um, grew up with Schwarzenegger and Stallone and it was an iconic era, but yeah. it's like, I don't think we need more of that. You and, know, but I think when literally he's doing two neighbor movies back to back where the joke is you're so cut, you're so ripped, you're so good looking. The girls, the sorority takes over and neighbors too, and they're doing the press with the girls where they're like, what do you think of Zac Efron's body? He's got such an incredible body. I think that gets back to him and he's like, right, I always have to have this incredible body. It's harder to keep that up. And yeah, for sure. But um, and I'll just say, so sick. in a wrestling movie, compare, that context yeah, for is the, wild. But yeah. He, yeah, well, he can draw on it for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll yeah. just say this: um, if you compare, all you have to do is compare Hugh Jackman in X Men, the first X Men movie, and what his body looked like in that, compared to what his body looked like in some of the later ones, and it's insane how much uh, things changed just Horrifying. in the last like twenty years. But, huge Jackman, um, huge Jackman, he really became that. Um, <laughs> but the Iron Claw. And I'll say this. So Zach Efron uh, looks like insane, like I said, but the, and you can, 
it's really stark contrast to some of the brothers like Jeremy Allen White, who played mm-hmm. Carrie Von Eric, who got in good shape for this role, but not to the extent that Zach Efron. He, like he's not insanely ripped and huge like Zach Efron is in this movie. He did his best, but he's playing Carrie Von Eric, who if you look at pictures of Carrie Von Eric, that guy was insanely huge and he's like right. six eight <laughs> yeah he's like yeah. a giant <laughs> and jeremy allen white uh he's a he's shorter you know i think he's under six foot um he did his best i thought I he's, he's like good five but, eight dog i think yeah. he's very tidy <laughs> uh love the bear um but he did just want a golden well globe oh yeah. yeah yeah but nice. zach efron was definitely the star of the show and um yeah. all the you know the cast was great yeah so i colin you haven't seen it yet but you I am not. Same. Not I'm a big to. wrestling fan, like in real life. I know the story of the Von Eriks, and it is really tragic. So yeah. this has been on my radar bigly. I just haven't had time. But Jacob, I and we have a lot of uh, yeah wrestling sorry. friends. Yeah, yeah yes, we have a lot of wrestling sorry. friends. Our friend Andrew, who's a big wrestling guy, saw it and he loved it as well. So that's a good uh, endorsement from a um, old, you know, an old school wrestling fan, someone who knows the industry and all that. But um, yeah, my question is to you, Jacob. Then, and I have to ask Andy too: Is this the best? movie about pro wrestling has the wrestler i think uh the wrestler i would put the wrestler above this one because i love that movie as well probably my favorite darren aronofsky film um you would launch a ram jam on (laughs) the von eric brothers wow wow (laughs) he did it he did it folks and did it (laughs) well for me that movie i mean the context of the mickey rourke sort of resurgence role for him yeah um how sad that movie is. I don't know why every wrestling movie has to be super sad, but it does. Uh, it's a tough <laughs> industry, especially in that era. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of, a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Just wait for the Chris Benoit movie. Uh, oh, <laughs> I pitch mine real quick. What I've yeah. always, I mean, it's the best story ever. I don't know how nobody's done this, mm-hmm. but how you don't make a movie called hell in the cell. That is literally just the mankind Madison square garden undertaker match where it's like a little before it, you watch the whole thing play out, and then you watch the ending. I mean, that's the most famous wrestling match of all time. And then sure. you do like the business, like you're we're cutting through yeah. kayfabe, the prep, the whole yes. drama of the yeah. opposite. You do like of jobs that off. where it's like the whole story is like the performance and how you get to it, basically. Yep. Well, I'm sure they're going to make the the, uh, yep. the heart, the Bret Hart movie next. That's going to be that's you think, yeah, 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 too, yeah. and the, the Hart yeah. family too. He gets. Yeah, yeah. It's wild. yeah. And they should just have yeah, a wrestling so connected universe. Uh, oh, I mean, there's an actor that plays um, Ric Flair in this movie who's not very mm-hmm. good. But uh, right. <laughs> oh, we're about to talk uh, Florence Pugh because she's in my next movie that we're about to talk about. But did <laughs> oh, you guys right. ever see that uh, wrestling with Paige. my family? Yeah, <laughs> that's Age right. movie she, that the she wrong was the, page. She was Paige. Yeah. Yep. It yep. Was that's Paige. right. <laughs> wow. That was like right before her happening. breakout. Yeah. 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 I like um, that movie. Stephen Merchant directed it. Very weird. Hmm. Yeah, it's Lee Hattie. Two, it, it gives me Tooth Fairy vibes, like energy wise. Nick Frost. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nick Frost. It, we'll check it. Out. Uh, well, yeah, it is <laughs> the Rock's Tooth Fairy. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, but uh, six then, Colin. We have an Iron. Let's take him. It's Oppenheimer. So let's just say real quick yeah. um, before we get to when Jacob wants to talk about it. It's I. I agree with everything you said, Mike. Um, mm. My fear, Jacob, is again that it becomes the weird kind of boring, safe choice if it's sort of this, you know, barreling down towards Nolan getting his flowers. Great for him if he's going to. That's cool. He he deserves it, right? As he's a great director. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. 
don't yeah, know. And this is his it best change for life. No. Yeah. I'll say this for a guy who the main criticism about him was you're so sexless. You have no sex in your movies to have the one thing everyone knows about Robert J. Oppenheimer, the dumb speech he gives of I am death. I, I have become death destroy worlds to happen during a sex scene. I think is really funny and him dropping yeah. the mic. So that is, well, this is, his, this is his first movie that like has a sex scene in it. I'm pretty sure. So mm-hmm. that's, that's a step forward, I guess. Yeah, um, so that's why it's number six on your list. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll, I'll I'll talk about it a little more when it gets to my because uh, I have yeah. a few other thoughts as well. But well, well, I think that's probably a good place to take a quick break before we get into top five because mine was Dungeons yeah. and Dragons and I think we've run it. So yeah, we'll be right back with the top five. You know, the big finale, twenty twenty three, right after this. We're back here on Normies Like Us, where we have been counting down our top 10 movies of the year of 2023 as we head into 2024. You just heard uh, the bottom five. Let's get up to that top five now, Jacob. Let's hit it with mm-hmm. your number five. All right. Number five. Um, another this movie I saw territory. Just, just recently. Yo. Yeah. Five, we're getting yeah. in good stuff here. Um, this one, maybe not on your guys' list or maybe you haven't seen it, but for me... I thought it was great. I'm talking Asteroid City, the new Wes Anderson film. Yeah, I'm kind of thumbs down on this movie, dog. Kind of I did down. see this. I didn't yeah. see it, so make your case. I uh, I don't always like. I don't love every Wes Anderson movie, and actually, the last couple I haven't liked as much. The French Dispatch and Isle of Dogs kind of bounced off mm. those one. This one I really liked, and I think it's sort of a return to form for him. One of his best, in my opinion. And um, it's I just really liked it. It's a it's sort of a it's a 1950s UFO movie. Uh, a lot about you know Americana and UFO type stuff. Mm-hmm. Great cast. Uh, a lot of his you know regulars, of course. But you um, keep saying it's Margot Robbie's best movie of the year. <laughs> wow, what a controversy! Definitely in it. Yeah, uh, Scarlett Johansson. You know Jason Schwartzman. He's never been great. In the Scarlett Johansson scene of this nope. movie. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, and there's a, there's an alien in this movie. So, um, Hey, I love that. He's a little guy. He's a little stop motion <laughs> alien, as you might expect from a oh, Wes Anderson fun. movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but of course, you know, Wes Anderson, he's, his style is of course, very distinctive, a lot of imitators, but no one can do it quite like him, I think. And what do you, what well, do you think of the dumbass? Uh, cause he seems to be the person people do the most of AI prompt. A Wes Anderson I think they're Star all terrible. Wars. Thank you. <laughs> they I love get, this makeup. Yeah. There's like a couple things they draw on, but they don't really seem to understand like the essence of Wes Anderson. It's, it's just like just someone centered it's in the like, middle of the frame it's, or something. It's yeah. like a, a four by six letterboxing, people in the center of the frame and wallpaper in the back. And they're like, and he's holding a lightsaber. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and those are the most lazy things because all you have to do is put in the prompt Wes Anderson Star Wars or whatever, and it'll make right. it for you. And then you get, it's clickbait or whatever, but they're I mean, never good. Also, yeah. Yeah. No. And that's why art is art. But um, there's also a social media trend that happened where it was like my life, but a Wes Anderson movie. But even when humans are trying to do it, it's like, yeah, it's just center for it. Like yeah. they don't understand. And nobody I'm saying. so that's many people have like imitated him. his style, yep. but they don't, they don't get it like he does. They and because he's, he's spices. 
Yeah, and he's had such a singular vision of his aesthetic and everything. And this one, it's it's framed as like a play within the movie, which is interesting hmm. um, because it kind of cuts to the making of the play at certain points. But the way the story is framed in this, it's like this small desert town. And I don't even, like the way it's shot and everything, it's incredible. Like the staging, like so much work goes into this production that I don't think people realize. Like, and he's so meticulous. Like not everybody likes that style because it's so like fussy and meticulous, but it's, mm-hmm. that's his, his, his thing. It's like, he makes these intricate doll houses of movies and um, yeah, they're not for everyone. I think if you're not a Wes Anderson film, this isn't going to change your mind at all. It's still very Wes Anderson, but if you do like his best movies, I think this is one of his best. So, huh. yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I like, I enjoy the Tenenbaums, you know, when I, yeah, yeah, that's my yeah. favorite. Royal Tenenbaums. Darjeeling. Yeah, Rushmore is great. Darjeeling Limited. Oh, I'm a hotel uh, guy. Brothers Bloom. Grand Buddha's Hotel. Yeah. Keep naming them. Um, Life Aquatic. Hey, you're all good. <laughs> yeah, I, I like his work. I just haven't Power seen Rocket. it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So check that out. Asteroid City. The, the now, how... Really... Um... Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, please. I'm, I'm just saying joke. it's like it's going to be... It shows the personalities of the hosts. I think what we're putting in our top five, because it's not on yeah. quality, it's on personal preference, so yes, to speak. Absolutely. So this is where you're going to kind of learn about, about us. Because all my uh, all my top ten I consider like really good movies. And some of the mm-hmm. ones that you have higher, like I like, even if they're in my honorable mentions, I still really liked them. They just didn't make my top top. So yeah. it's in movie. It's almost like yeah, this kind of stuff is subjective. That's right. <laughs> Colin. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll say for my number five here, um, this was my favorite movie going experience this year. This was, uh, across the spider verse. Oh yeah. Great. I thought you were about to say something else. Um, <laughs> Pope's okay. exercise. Well, um, I went, that was right, my favorite. Right. That was my favorite <laughs> film to talk about right. with people this year, but my yeah, favorite yeah. Jacob, I don't know if you recall, you and I went to the. Uh, California premiere of this film. We got a little dressed up. We got to see it with the creators and animators. Yeah. Staff gave speeches. We were in a hot theater, Mike. Everybody was fucking clapping at every moment. I would say every joke worked. Mm -hmm. Um, Is this on either of you guys lists? Should I keep going here? Absolutely. Okay. Higher up for me. I love this movie. I love it. Wow. And going to that right. LA premiere was was a really fun time and mm. um definitely probably my favorite uh movie going experience of the year. So I yeah. love it. I, I'm gonna wait That's then great. to address what I think is obviously the big criticism that people right. have for this movie. Um, right. so I'll I'll just leave it at that and say that was my number five. Gotcha. Uh my number five is you know, the greatest movie that nobody cares about, and it's uh Ghost Protocol, no, the uh, Dead Reckoning Part 1, Mission Impossible. Tom Cruise, weird guy, but wow, what a movie. There's the stunts. This is my number five. I just think it was it was clever. It was sharp. It like felt like paced well, like the, the back and yeah. forth, backstabbing spy stuff. Like it's it's exactly what you would hope to get from a Mission Impossible movie. It's maybe the best one. And it's wow. not over. I love this take. It is your yeah. favorite Mission Impossible to the up so. to this point. We just, especially wow. with the action, Fallout's really good too, though. It's one of these. Fallout's two. good. I liked, um, I liked it a lot. I think I like Fallout and Rogue Nation better, 
Mm. Um, and those movies, I think, made my top 10 of those years. But this movie I have at 13, which is still pretty good. So, Colin, is this on yours at all? It's not. It's the first um, modern or since the relaunch post three, uh, like Jacob's mm. saying, to mm. not make it on my top 10 list this huh. year. I'm a little sad about that. I enjoy the physical and this might be telling me yeah, practical effects. I liked, I liked the stunts. He's our Jackie Chan, that Tom Cruise, putting himself in danger That's for right. entertainment. Great Thank guy. You, Tom. Well, you Here's did Tom. get a text to put this on your list, and it did say, make it so. Is that correct, Mike? Yeah, 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 it did, actually. <laughs> so we're uh, that obligation. I don't want to be reckoned dead. No, you don't want to upset the entity. entity. No. Um, no, no. And shout out to, <laughs> of course, our friend Matt, who... Norman is go back and listen to our Mission Impossible episode, one of my favorites of the year that we did, uh, where we kind of broke down the whole uh, franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, you our friend Matt, who friend of the pod, basically we converted him to become a Mission Impossible fan from that episode, mm. uh, which maybe s- some of his his loved ones and stuff don't fully appreciate yet but uh he's now a huge mission impossible <laughs> fan so hey, he said this is his number one of the year too but mike yeah. i'm going to say mm-hmm. and what i wanted to say earlier uh and i said i would hold off till we got to this point in your list um yeah is that this is maybe wins an award for the most important movie not just ever released this year but ever made because of it course i don't movie. know if you saw yeah. this I, I jacob and i were talking about this at Camp David, of course, <laughs> President Joe Biden oh, screened right. this movie <laughs> and then had a conversation with his security council afterwards to say, hey, is this an actual threat? We need to investigate AI stuff. So he was spooked by the entity. Yeah, wow. which, again, hey, the AI Hollywood threat, they were doing Magic the Gathering. It's an AI. is a real thing. Hey, Jack. Hey there, Jack. Here's the thing, computers. We, they got all these ones and zeros out there, and the entity he's got my bank card, and I don't know about that, Jack. Are you wearing a mask, Jack? Is that you? <laughs> we got Tom, Tom and Cruz on the phone, Jack. You can also find uh, Top Gun. It. Is that Top Gun? Get him in here. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I had fun with it, and uh, well, I and didn't it, Tom Cruise even say like the reason partially why they made it about AI was to like warn people about the, the real dangers of AI and that kind of thing? So. It, yeah. In a way, he was telling President Biden, look, this is an important issue. We need to do something about the entity. And we already have Terminator too, but you know. Yeah. But yeah, number five. Yeah, just, just go on. Yeah, Sleepy Joe never watched D2. <laughs> yeah, the greatest sequel <laughs> Ridiculous. ever made. Yeah, come on. Uh, you know about Cyberdyne <laughs> systems and Skynet? They're taking yeah. over. Come yeah, on, John Connor. It's a real issue. John um, Connor. Uh, that's a great four, number Jacob. five um number four oh boy and i know you guys are gonna want to talk about this one and probably mm. i mean you, you both probably have this higher so i mean okay. i know you do so uh it's of course it's the second movie about post-war japan on uh, my list oh, oh, oh yeah oh, oh boy here we go here. yeah uh i'm talking of course godzilla minus one Yes. Uh, Top five. What a movie. Yes. I saw this in theaters back in December a couple weeks ago. And man, what a movie. Yeah. What a movie. Um, Godzilla. Best Godzilla movie I've ever seen. I haven't seen the original, uh, which, you know, people say is good. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, absolutely loved it. And it's like, you know, the best monster movie I've ever seen. So best kaiju movie, whatever you want to say. Yeah. 
you know, everything about it, the, the, I love the design and the animation of, uh, the big guy himself. He looked mm-hmm. great in this. He's absolutely savage. He's just fucking shit up. Yeah. Uh, and I love the human characters. I love the human the drama, the story. <laughs> um, it's yeah, it all just works. Gojira. Um, love and it. you never yeah. like the human characters in these kind of movies. Generally no. that's and this the one. Thing. Yeah. I never care about time. them. Yeah. And this one has a great story. I love the the idea to make the main character, the protagonist, a uh, a kamikaze pilot who deserted because he was scared. Mm-hmm. And I just God think damn. it's such an interesting time for Japan specifically to, you know, a country that values honor above all else, right? Yep. A very honor sort of obsessed culture. And you have this national embarrassment of losing this war being bombed by America mm-hmm. and having to deal with all that aftermath and just being just embarrassed on a national scale of like, Oh, our honor has been dis- besmirched. And then you have the main character, someone who deserted was supposed to, you know, do a kamikaze mission and mm-hmm. honorably kill himself basically and said, I'm afraid and ran away. And he has to go through this incredible arc over this movie. I mean, yep. It's just, it's just amazing. My war is, is your war over yet? Yeah, I know it's amazing. Yeah. Is your war over yet, Jacob? <laughs> yeah. My no, war it's, is it's, not over. Yeah. I oh have it higher, God. so I'll have a lot more to say, but yeah. Yeah, I assumed you guys would have it higher. Um, I, I, I mean, five. even putting it low as four, like that was hard for me, but like, I just Dang. really like my top three as well. So that's going to be it's a good year. Yeah. No, great year. Uh, Colin, then where's your uh, number four coming in here? I'm going to add number four. Uh, Jacob, this is May, December. So this mm-hmm. is uh, Todd Haynes' Netflix film. We talked about it wow. before. Mike, you did not get a chance to see this. Now, I'm going to describe it a little differently. Jacob called this a small indie drama. I, of course, am going to say it is a black comedy. This is one of my <laughs> wow. favorite funny movies of this year. Um, wow. It's so strange you called it camp earlier jacob it wasn't until you said that where i was like you know what this might be the most camp film ever made this is what the met ballad needed to air before their famous camp year yeah it's intentionally melodramatic i mean the music alone signifies like it's the most melodramatic music you've ever heard and that's on purpose and it's something todd haynes is really doing purposely to get you to be like look at this in a like sort of a different way i guess interesting okay yeah. So first time screenwriter, I think she's amazing. Um, there is this stuff coming out now that the the real life subject, the young man who this occurred to, feels mm-hmm. very slighted that he was not involved in the making of this film. Just to comment on that real quick, I just want to say this yeah. is such a strange subject matter. The idea that he would feel like he should contribute input to it when he's someone who experienced it in a way that it happened to him yes but he was also a participant in what's essentially a horrible crime i mean they don't need to get his perspective on it well, I it's think almost he was, more yeah he was groomed from a young age but yeah maybe it took him a long time to realize that this relationship was more fucked up than he mm-hmm. you know thought i mean he was married for a long time but then eventually i think he did be like yeah there is obviously a power imbalance in Yes. got divorced but they stayed together the rest of her life until like you said she passed away of cancer yeah it seems like he still holds some sort of 
reverence for this as being a good thing. You know, mm. again, I would just say that the, what Todd Haynes is doing with this film is almost commenting more on why we are interested in weird true crime stories like this. And that's yeah. certainly what the cipher of Natalie Portman's character is as an actor coming to, to uh, right. make pretend out of it. Right. So totally, totally. And no, no that's fascinating. Just to, I've heard about this discourse as well. And I think, um, when you're making a biopic or a movie based on true life, I don't think uh, an artist is under any obligation to consult with the person that it's about because it's not a documentary. It's not saying this is a true story. It's based on a true story, but you can take artistic license and I think that's okay. So I don't think you're under any obligation to no. have them have them be a consultant. I mean, if you want to, you can. And I think it's not always a bad thing to do that, but I don't. I wouldn't begrudge an, an artist to do that. So I think it yeah. depends on the message. I think Todd Haynes is very particular. And, you know, if you've seen any of his prior work, uh, obviously we love, um, God, what's that Cincinnati one he does with Kate Blanchett? I always forget. Um, oh, um, Carol. Carol, yeah. thank you. Just an I'm absolutely beautiful work. Uh, the Delvin strangest movie ever made. Yeah. Sure, I'm not there. Sure. A, a Bob Dylan biopic where like 10, 10 different people play yeah. different versions of Bob Dylan, yeah. including Kate, Kate Blanchett, who is my favorite. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah love That's yeah. the best work. The world yeah. has changed. He's an interesting filmmaker. This is an interesting yeah. movie. I, again, Jacob, it's such a bummer since I said Dave Batista best supporting earlier, but maybe that's because I'd put Charles Melton in lead actor. Maybe I, I, I don't know. Mm. Um, yeah. But I'd like to see him get rewarded for this as well. Yeah, it's it's a shame because I mean it is Robert Downey Jr. is basically a lock to win Best Supporting, and if he didn't, then Ryan Gosling would for Barbie. So really, Charles Melton is like the third most likely. But yeah, just to get nominated is good. I think it is interesting to see like Ryan Gosling isn't even trying. Like he kind of understands that comedy. Like you almost don't. It's not even worth campaigning, honestly. So you know, it's almost like good for him for being self aware. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just chilling. Um, well, I, I need to make an effort yeah. to watch everything that's maybe at least in you guys' top five that I didn't see this year. I think that's a cool mm. exercise to just kind of check I out. Like that. So that's going to go on the list. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll do my four. It also has really deep theming. Uh, obviously, John Wick Chapter Four. It has to be hey, the there it is. slot. You know, I'm probably the highest on this movie this year for uh, us. But I just got to, it's our boy Keanu, man. He's out here wicked yeah. again. That Dragon's Breath scene again. It's it's the stunt. Ah. It's, it's a stunt reel. And I love that they're doing it practically CG, like minimal, right? It's like they're doing it for real. Steve Atkins <laughs> doing kicks in that suit. Like the whole thing is. Oh, my sick. God. Um, yeah. that oh, dra- the, the overhead shot where. Hotline yeah, Miami, dragon- basically. Yeah, it's it's insane. Like I still don't know how they did that. Like with the and flames and everything. Is the staircases, you know. Went, yeah, oh, man, the, the destruction of the set. Dead yeah, the, silent <laughs> when he just falls down that staircase for a long time. That's very funny. Yeah, um, and I've said. Uh, well, there was this one time when Common and John Wick Two where they rolled down the stairs, and I saw a gif that just kept looping it, so it was an infinite staircase. <laughs> and I think they did that for this one too. That's great. Um, but I do want to. Uh, I mentioned it's maybe on the podcast, but like it's the closest thing I think I'll get to a Cowboy Bebop finale movie. Mm. If you've seen Cowboy yeah. Bebop and you know the ending, it's like, okay, this is that. I finally got a Cowboy Bebop yeah. live action. And Keanu was like a popular fan casting for Spike Spiegel for a long I think time long when he was younger. Yeah, I yeah. think maybe even attached at one point. He yeah. sort of aged out of it. Forever. Like. Yeah, it was just tied yeah. up. And then we got uh, 
John Cho. John Cho. Um, and and sorry, still to this day, none of us hopped on the cock for Continental. <laughs> no, no, I'm no. Not, I forgot that was. I could take more than not the a chance. Get me on the cock. <laughs> Isn't Mel Gibson in that? <laughs> oh yeah, it's hard, Jacob. Like it's it's like they almost don't want you to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> this is another scenario too, where it's like they're going to do the ballerina and like. Yeah, I don't, I don't want more John Wick. It's John Wick, extended universe. Extinguish yeah. the Wick. Blow out the candle. We're done. Blow out well, the candle. Saying, it's yeah. done. You know, now they're saying like, well, you know, John Wick. He could still come back. He might not be dead. Like they're leaving it open ended sure for I'll more John bet. Wicks. <laughs> they shouldn't do that. Uh, four is like you know. Another, I will say. Yeah, here's what I. Good. If they made another one, this is what I would do. Call it John Wick goes to hell. And it's him fighting through the depths of hell to rescue someone from hell. And he's literally fighting like demons and shit. Like that's the only way. to. And do he it meets Constantine. Way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Um, Just I like wow. that. Taking it, stepping it up another level, you know? Yeah. And a, a side note with this movie that I, a connection I had over break, I was watching a very mm-hmm. bizarre Japanese, like seventies star Wars ripoff television show called uh, message from space galactic wars. Love and uh, the actor is like who plays the lead. I'm like, what the hell? Who, who is this guy? And it's Hiroyuki Sonata when he's very mm. young, no, and doing space stuff, not even samurai stuff, which is wow. You actually see him. That's so that's weird for him. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. got like a laser. Guy. It's it's wild. So if you want to see young Sonata, who was great in this, obviously check it out. But I just God, saw a, tra- a trailer. Donnie, for, yeah, um, a TV show detectors. that I think he's. He's oh, Shogun. Shogun. Shogun on yeah. yeah. Yeah, that'll be really cool. It's a remake of the uh, 70s miniseries. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I was like, that yeah. looks interesting. I like samurai stuff. I'll probably watch that. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a real who's who of the action scene. Absolutely. Like four. So they did great. Uh, that's it for me. So we're up to three now. Nice. Top three. Top wow. three. This is big, too. Well, I'll go. My number three, uh, we talked about it already. It's Oppenheimer. Um, and I put okay. Oppenheimer and Godzilla minus one back to back for a reason, because I think gotcha. they're, you know, very similar films in a way. Uh, they're both kind of about the, uh, you know, atomic bomb that America mm-hmm. dropped on, uh, you know, Japan back in the day, but from right. sort of opposite perspectives of, you know, the creator Oppenheimer and then Godzilla mm-hmm. sort of obviously, Historically, it been an analogy for the bomb at times. Um, if you programmed a theater, Jacob, that would be an awesome double feature. But yes. and I think you've even pointed this out. Another one you watched this year that would slot in perfectly. The wind rises. The wind rises. So perfect Absolutely. with those three movies. Damn. Yeah. The wind rises and Oppenheimer are basically the same movie, uh, <laughs> which is interesting. Um, but yeah, Oppenheimer, I loved it, and I loved just learning more about this guy Oppenheimer and how mm. he was sort of tied up in like this whole like politics stuff with, with communism where he was, his, his right. mistress Flores Pugh was this like communist lady and then probably murdered by the CIA. <laughs> yeah, mm. possibly, probably. Um, and I just love the whole second half of this movie where it's all just him getting yelled at by like Jason Clark and like questioned by these, all these government people about his communist connections and, like it's very HUAC type stuff. And Mm -hmm. um, it may be not the most interesting thing to everybody, but I just thought it was really 
Um, I like, I like courtroom type drama stuff. So um, that's, that really worked for me. And I thought that was really interesting. I did like, I like there's kind of like just the in-between of like, we, we are theorists. Like I I'm, I'm doing the science. I don't know what the government's going to fucking do with it. And I'm terrified of the work we're doing, but I kind of have to like, it's it's an interesting. Well, of course. Yeah. He was study originally building the bomb for, to drop on Germany um, right. But they ended up surrendering before it was finished, so they used it on Japan instead. Um, and like so, that's not yeah, his input, like, you know. Like, yeah, and that's like his big line, like in the trailer mm-hmm. and stuff, where he's like, "And I know what happens if the Nazis have a bomb, right?" Yep. So um, they're trying to race against the Nazis. Um, but yeah, the Wind Rises, very similar film about the. It's a biopic, basically about the inventor of the Japanese Zero plane, which is the planes mm. that the Kamikaze pilots used. Right. Um, and he just wanted to make beautiful aircraft. So, um, right. Jacob, what uh, genius have you been having conversations <laughs> with in your dreams? Einstein or an Italian plane maker? Uh, probably an Italian plane maker. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. Um, but yeah, Killian Murphy, I loved him in this role, and I think he definitely deserves an Oscar. So, Peaky Blinders, love you. Yeah, Peaky Blinders, mate. Yeah, killing it, Murphy. Killed it again. Killing it, Murphy. Shout yeah. out to the Irish. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. Hey. <laughs> Scarecrow, you know, Christopher Nolan. Yeah, and Scarecrow. Right. Long-time yeah, Nolan it. contributor. He's been in like seven yeah. Nolan movies. Like, yeah. Nice. Even more than, yeah, Christian Bale. Of course, the else. guy who gets Incepted in Inception. Yeah. Inception, Batman movies, Dunkirk. Scarecrows. Um, oh, yes, yeah. he's the coward in Dunkirk, of course. Yeah. Wow, shout it out. Shout Look at us. Yeah. He does That's believe right. in Nolan scenarios. Um, <laughs> nice. Um, uh, that's my number three. Call Mike. Yeah. Uh, here's my number three. We'll talk about another Japanese master. It's the boy in the heron. So mm. we just said all that stuff about Miyazaki. Yeah. Let's let's finish it up, Mike. You have to see this. Yeah. Um, like Jacob said, it's incredibly challenging. I left the theater. My brother and I saw it together. Fucking sucked. We saw it at my hometown, what used to be a rave, which is now, I believe, an AMC. Um, mm. Dead spot on the screen. Oh, no. Uh, I saw it dubbed Jacob, but of course, there are subtitles like when you see the titular book, How Do You Live? You know, obviously it's in kanji, so they have to bring right. up subtitle language. Dubs, not subs. Uh, the film mm. was letterboxed in a way where it cut off the bottom of the screen, so you could not oh, read the terrible. subtitles fully. Um, and it is a remarkably silent film, very quiet, very contemplative. Again, uh, I believe the theater next to us was Wonka. So we did mm. hear most of that music and silly songs bleeding <laughs> oh, through no. the walls as well. Uh, wow. and all that to say, you know, like Mike, when I complained about my mutants mayhem screening, where I saw that in a hillbilly hellhole in Tennessee, where mm-hmm. you can, I believe it was in the dark. I believe there wasn't even a light bulb in the projector. Right. Uh, sometimes a movie just transcends the circumstances you see it in. Like this, this is an incredibly obtuse movie that plays out heavy themes that are literally about a guy saying, look at what I've created. My son, Goro Miyazaki, don't you want to take over my legacy? And him I saying, no, I'm, I'm <laughs> fucked up and I'm yeah. a loser and I'll never be able to. And it's it's very hard and heady stuff. Um, wow. And I love it. I love it because of that. So I'm, it's well, now my third favorite, Jacob. It's, wow. it's very high up there for me. Yeah. Third favorite Miyazaki film? Miyazaki, yes. Yeah. I was going to ask you, where is it placed in your ranking? Um, as I, yeah, I've been watching all these or rewatching. Miyazaki films and I don't know if I would put it 
that highly up just because I, maybe I need to watch it again. I just, um, there's a lot of like metaphorical or thematic stuff that I maybe didn't fully understand that maybe I'm just, but I, I, I was kind of, you know, going with the movie, going with the flow of it. Yeah. Um, what you were saying about your theater experience is interesting. I watched this again, two nights ago, mm-hmm. Saturday night, 1030 showing, uh, almost oh, empty wow. theater. Wow. Uh, it's been in theaters for a while at this point. So yeah, not a lot of people yeah. are going to see it at this point, but I'm like, let me get in this screening. Uh, I wanted to get in before this episode and mm-hmm. um, maybe I'll have the whole theater to myself. I showed up. There was like, basically it was me and like three other people. There was like a solo person and then a couple. And um, somehow I had a bad experience with this because even though it was no. almost empty theater, this couple behind me, they weren't, they were, they were talking a little bit quietly oh. to themselves kind of, which I didn't mind so much, but they're, the concessions, right? The snacks, the crinkling, the crinkling. Uh, Why are you crinkling so much this whole movie? Like, can you yeah. eat your snacks more quietly? And like you said, it's a very quiet movie. So I just heard this crinkling constantly. And oh, I was no. just like, can you just eat more quietly for God's sake? But you're, like you're going to yeah. talk about uh, a film about um, what horrible things America has done to the native American people at a certain point, Jacob. Oh, and the reports boy. I've heard of people snacking during that movie. It, I like my part of me is like, I understand it when you go to like fucking it's mean girls, the musical, it's like act out, like do whatever you yeah. want. Like we're all having a good time. But like, if you're watching like some heavy stuff, I understand it must be compulsive to just be like, nobody knows how to be in public. This is my couch. Correct. You know, post post COVID, especially Mike, people now are like, this is my living room. Yeah. Yeah. And because it was a very quiet movie, like you said, and an almost empty theater, it just sort of amplified that sound to me. But it's like, yeah. man, I saw this movie with like two other people and somehow and they ruined it. <laughs> yeah. You can't even shut up. Yeah, right. I, I might have a similar story later in the listing too. theaters. What a thing. Oh, boy. I love going to the theater to see movies. I just hate when audiences make it hard for me to enjoy. I mean, that's why I like the Alamo, because generally people, yeah. people give a shit about the experience and the craft, even if it's Transformers. They're well, talk about eating, though. Alamo, they're eating there. <laughs> oh, I do yeah. like, yeah, I like Alamo, but then you have the waiters come up and they're like, they do the crab walk. Stuff and, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. But, but uh, I do yeah. like ordering food there sometimes, so I can't yeah. complain too much. It's good. That's the issue is that they actually have a fucking good menu at the Alamo. Yeah. Yep. So. And they kick you out if you're on your cell phone or talking. It's great. Um, right. So remember it, everybody. Um, That's I three found, for me, Mike. Yeah, my number three. I saw this at the Alamo too. That is. Spider-Man, Cross the Spider-Verse. Mm. Uh, my number three, third favorite movie was The Old Spider-Man. So wow, has a lot of heart, you know. I'm going to do my own thing. We love Oscar Isaac, you know, anytime he's doing something. So we got... Absolutely. Yeah. Well, just, that's still it. on my list and hasn't come up yet. So that should wow. tell you something. Wow. Love it. Come yeah. on. Wait, this was on your list lower, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. This was my uh, number five. So if it's still up there floating on Jacobs, we'll, we'll pause. But uh, yeah. Fun. Well, yeah, we're going to my number two, and I'll yeah, tell please. you right now, it's Stop the Amazing you, Spider-Man. Holy crap! Uh, oh, yeah. The Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so there you go, across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Um, this was number one for a long time until I saw my number one only wow. a couple nights ago. So I was like, yeah, I love this movie. I know what Colin's going to say is the weakness of it or the flaw is that, <laughs> and I'll tell you right now, it it's not a complete movie right it it ends on a cliffhanger right kind of maybe feels like it didn't have a full arc for a movie 
which I understand that criticism. Did real quick, did either of you guys watch Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon Child of Fire Part One? Didn't get to that one yet. Well, I've heard pretty much unanimously bad reviews of it. So I'll say right now, it's the worst movie I saw this year. But (laughs) it falls into the weaknesses of a split in half dumbass movie, Jacob. But I think the two on our list this year, Mike putting Mission Impossible, us putting Mm -hmm. Across the Spider-Verse. I want to argue those films circumvent it. And here's the trick they pull. They Mm. are complete movies. For a character, they choose to go with Grace for Mission Impossible, and they choose Mm. to go with uh, Gwen Stacy for Across the Spider-Verse. And I think they wrap up their stories in a cool, complete arc that makes me think those films work despite being part ones. Uh, And that's my argument. Okay. You at least have one character um, finish their arc. Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah. I love the aesthetics of this movie, obviously. The different kinds of animation and, and stuff Incredible. within this movie is just insane. Yeah. Um, I've heard some sort of behind the scenes stuff about the making of it that kind of made me question certain things about like the way it was made, the way, you know, animators had to work sort of overtime to do it. Heard some, oh. some things about Lord and Miller, maybe that they're not the best uh, delegators of, of, um, work and that kind of thing so um that kind of sucks but i did love the movie so i don't know you're right the result i mean crunch or whatever i don't know the working condition things but like it sucks yeah. to exist anywhere you know pay your people who work for it, don't overwork well it just seems like um they would change things sort of a lot on a whim or like mm. have unrealistic expectations of how fast certain things could get done and they're working against a deadline and then when we went to the premiere, they said two days ago they locked the picture. Yeah, so which is insane. So that's and I know insane. the part two or the 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 conclusion of this trilogy is also like being delayed or or it's going to yeah, take a long time to make. So, so yeah. yeah, so we'll have to wait for that. And you know, Dune was another one that I think sort of doesn't have a character arc end, but mm. I yes. So I do like, a little more of the Zack Snyder. Uh, yeah, the only the which another thing fire probably ripped off of. Yeah. Well, the thing I'll say about Dune is that Children to defend the flower, it, Rebel movie. the yeah. only way that it, it could have been made is to split it into two movies, unless you yes. want a four-hour movie. Yes. So it kind of had to be done. And maybe you can say, well, did Villeneuve pick the right ending point for right. the movie? Maybe not, but um, I think it'll make sense. It'll make more sense why it was split there when you see part two. I think. Right, right. Okay. Like the ones we have on our list are more satisfying in a vacuum than Dune. Yeah. But I think Dune as a whole will probably surpass or has. I will say yeah. Dune Part Two was supposed to come out this year, got delayed till this spring. Um, so some of these other movies are probably lucky because that probably would have been pretty high on my Yo. list. I think yeah. I got the trailer when I went to Wonka, though. It looked really yeah. fucking good. Well, I've seen the, the trailer shot, a few times now. Overlap. Yeah, it looks <laughs> yeah. sick. I'm nice. very excited about it. Yeah. Cool, cool. Hell yeah, hell yeah. All right, well, geez, number two, Colin. Well, so now let's talk about that. So we just said Dune, this film made for, like, very cheap, and considering what the special effects budget was, where people are like, the Marvels mm. cost... $200 million? Can somebody explain how that occurred? Right. Now, my number two here, and Mike, I juggled with this. This was mm-hmm. number one for a second there. Wow. Is a film that does exactly that. Godzilla minus one. Yes. Now, we're going to talk sir. about this a little bit because maybe this is 
may, a little higher for you, Mike. Maybe we'll it's going to come up. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> might or might. But just to say, um, the, we said the human elements. So I'll harp on those special effects real quick. Yeah. Godzilla looks incredible. The stuff they do in the water looks incredible. Mike, you were texting us like, I don't understand this. But when the credits roll, it says writer, director, special effects by. And you're like, no, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Then you look it up and the guy is like that incredible and remarkable on it. Right. Um, yeah. I guess he did the Parasite, which is a really popular manga. He did the live action Parasite films, which is a really mm. cool. Spe- it's like the thing happens to a uh, kid. Sure. That's like a cool special effect. He must just be incredible. I mean, it's, and the budget I, I on this it. movie was like mm-hmm. $15 million. Yes. yes. Insane. Insane. But we talked about Spider-Man. No unions <sighs> in Japan. So $15 million can stretch right. a little bit. But, but still. Yeah. That's look at Ant-Man. Yeah. For and the million. Japanese work culture too is like if you leave before your boss leaves at midnight or whatever, it's kind of yeah, looks so strict. On, right? But I think yeah. you, regardless, that number is just crazy to consider. Like, yes, that you can get what we had saw on screen. So it is. The last note on it, uh, we talked about you. You told us I don't know if we said this on podcast, but you told mm. us off why it's called Godzilla minus one. Yes, I saw this film with my entire family. I went with step siblings, my brother. Uh, wives. I went with um, my father, you know, parents, crowd pleaser across the board. Everybody walks out and it's like, whoa, that ruled. What does the title mean? And I got to share and say, so mm. I'll, I'll say to our listeners too, what Mike, you told us yeah. that World, World War II puts us at zero, Japan. Godzilla brings us down to minus one. Oh. Like he sinks us even lower. You're like, oh my God. That's now, Jacob, here's what I love. If you guys don't know this, the original Gojira film, a black and white movie, because, of course, it was made at the time where there was no color stock film. 1950s, yeah. uh, it's being re-released, Godzilla Minus One, in black and white next year. It's going to be called Godzilla Minus Color. Pretty good title. <laughs> wow. That's pretty good, pretty good That's title. So I yeah. think that's um, really cool. That's great. And by the way, this movie uses the Godzilla theme yes in the soundtrack which Mm -hmm. i don't think at least the american ones that i've seen Uh, don't really do that uh, or maybe they do and i just forgot but when that theme song kicks in i am like let's fucking go bro like i am so hyped (laughs) like incredible incredible yeah and i have it might be higher up so we can mention a little bit more stuff that's all i'm glad i'm I'm glad you wrestled i was actually yeah i was talking to my brother about that movie uh in the holidays and he asked he's like why is it called godzilla minus one i didn't know at the time but now i know now you know it's fascinating um well if i go to my number one and minus one from that that becomes a two second spot right so um my number two is barbie i i really really liked barbie personally i think it was way better than had any right to be it's got a lot of heart a lot of energy i can now have a mojo (laughs) dojo casa house uh it's great it's absolutely great and we love alan because he's an ally you know that's right i think barbie Barbie for me (laughs) was my number 19 i will Mm. say um i don't want to be too harsh on it but no i liked it a lot when i was watching it the more i sort of thought about it after seeing it i liked it less and less not Mm. to say it's bad at all it's still number 19 on my list but um it definitely kind of fell over time for me in my well 
I'll, uh, I, I really felt the same way, Jacob. It kind of was not for me, but I'll say, I think your letterbox review put it the best for me where you said, yeah, yeah. is it a little surface level, uh, feminism stuff? Sure. But for blockbusters like this, I think that's okay. And I, I would agree with you on that. Right. Well, it's kind of like the James Cameron avatar argument of like, is the theming kind of like obvious and like, like anyone could kind of understand it. I always think things are too unsubtle, but then I realize like the average person, how much stuff kind of oh, flies dumb. over people's heads. Oh, dumb. I think you, it like, kind of needs be to be shot. unsubtle. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I think Avatar, Barbie has the same argument of like, it needs to spell out what it's saying because people will not understand it unless it does. That's fair enough. I could, I could see that. I just also think it, everything exaggerated kind of plays into the style, like the, the set design, like in Barbie land. And like, there, there's a lot of craft. It's incredible. Oh them yeah. To get away with making Mattel headquarters, the villain, like <laughs> in a Hollywood production, like well done Margot Robbie to even pull this thing off. Even if it is a right. little bit, you know, and Greta Gerwig, yeah. um, a director that I'm a huge fan of. And her, this is her third baby. feature film that she's directed. And it's going to be all, almost certainly nominated for an Oscar for best picture. And all three of her films have been nominated for best picture. And so I don't know how many directors out there, their first three films Dang. were all nominated for best picture. That's pretty good. She doesn't. Did miss. you, uh, Jacob, did you see her husband's movie this year? White noise? No, Bumbox, no, I White haven't noise. seen that. I haven't seen mm. that yet. That's on my, maybe the worst of, Oh no. Worst. I mean, that's, oh, no. I like, but he, he wrote movies, Barbie but... with her. So yeah. very strange. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But that's, um, a, that's it for Barbie. Um, wow. number two, but I guess, Oh, Mike, real quick, just to agree with you. Cause this is not on my list, yeah. but to shout out Margot Robbie's press tour junket tour for campaigning for awards this season. She has worn every gown is a oh. real life Barbie dress that a designer has modeled from the toy into an actual outfit that she wears. And then she goes out to these, you know, festivals oh. and these, these carpets. Incredible. Sure. No, that's we'll awesome. say the marketing for that movie was insane. Like it was everywhere was. for a while, the way they were was. marketing it. Mm-hmm. And they got really lucky with the strike timing because it was literally right before the strike happened. So they got it in yes. just under the wire and they were yep. also able to film stuff ahead of time. And then all you have to do is put a disclaimer saying this was filmed ahead of time and then you can air it during the strike. So they oh, got yeah. lucky on the marketing. Uh, you know, some other movies that came out a little bit later in the summer got shafted. Basically. Yeah. That's yeah. True. yeah. Yeah. Um, but and very good, enjoyable movie to me. Um, Genius. Yes. And it's all yes. subjective. So I, I just enjoyed it a lot this year. And uh, Ryan Gosling, you know, I'm a big fan. Blade Runner 2049. You have that higher than Godzilla. Oh, you haven't said Godzilla. Aha, uh-huh, that's right. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> now that we're climbing, Jacob, the big moment. Yeah. The big moment. Movie of the Here year. Here we go. Well, this is My number one is a movie that hasn't been on either of you guys' list yet. I don't think you've seen it probably. Mm. Um for me Bob best picture ghost. <laughs> oh. As soon as it was announced, as soon as I saw a trailer, I was like, I'm so in. I can't wait to see this. I love the director, of course. He is the master for a reason. I'm talking Martin Scorsese, Killers ah. of the Flower Moon. There mm-hmm. we are. Have Martin Scorsese, I mean, what but can I say? I love him so much. Um, anytime a new Scorsese movie comes out, I, you know, I'm going to be there. So, uh, and I didn't, I wasn't able to see this for a long time until the other night, uh, when I, when I, uh, rented it. So on Amazon prime. So, um, I missed it in theaters, but 
what can I say about this movie? It's really, it's an American uh, masterpiece. I think it's one of the great mm. American films of all time. It's about the history of this country, the bloody violent history. Uh, you know, it's about men right. obsessed with money uh, over everything, greed, right? The yep. biggest sin of them all, uh, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a true story. And, uh, you know, it's about the the murder of the of these Osage Indians, these Osage uh, Native Americans who um, they had oil on their land. So they got lucky in that when the oil boom happened, they got mm-hmm. very, very rich. And, and a bit of land they were granted, right? Yes. Yeah. Right. They basically had really shitty land until they discovered oil and they became rich. And of course, then the white people are like, wait a minute. They right. can't have all that money. That's our money. We're white people. So then they right. came in and, of course, you know, infected everything. Um, right. And that's basically what the movie is about. And, um, you know, it's like a lot of a lot of Scorsese's movies are about um, sort of the evils of greed and how it kind of just infects everything. And and, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio plays a man who is so stupid that he basically sells his family um to the slaughterhouse essentially for for the promise of money so um but incredible movie you know leo dicaprio robert de niro scorsese's two muses in the different phases of his career first movie with them both together so wow very interesting there and then lily gladstone the standout uh like in may december the third lesser known actor of the trifecta is the standout of the movie. Um, I mean, she's incredible. What can I say? Like she's going to win an Oscar. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. So Mike, did you see, I did not see this. Did you catch this? No, I didn't, but I'm severely interested in it because I do like Scorsese too. And like, just to prep for this episode, I was pulling up a couple scenes to like get some dialogue to put in an open. Oh, sure. Just one scene when him and De Niro are arguing about like, did you do the thing right? It's like, I told him, I told him. And it's like, this acting is insane. Like, it looks like yeah. it's shot incredibly. Like, I'm, I, and I, it's an De Niro important kind of story. Is killing it too. I mean, he's always great, but like, you know, the, he, he's super old now, but he's still got it. And he's still, mm-hmm. he's like maybe the most evil man I've ever seen in a movie, in this movie. So incredible. Stuff. One 30 second clip, I'm like, oh, I don't like this yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> now Jacob, he's working with his two muses here. He's working with Leo. Right. He's working with De Niro. There's another guy. We did a podcast on this year. He had a little birthday. We decided to talk about one of his films where he looked the sexiest he's ever been, called The Mummy. Now, mm-hmm. Brendan Fraser is in this movie. How is yes. Brendan Fraser in this film? Well, it's interesting. He's not in it that much. He's basically shows up at the very end and is in like a couple scenes. Uh he plays a lawyer. Um but you know he's good. He's like he's like whale sized. He's like big. <laughs> he's pretty big. Uh, yeah. But you know he's it fits the character, I guess, and he's he's doing kind of a voice. I don't know. It's interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, All right. Well, our yeah. hero working with his hero, so you gotta but love that. This is a three and a half hour movie. He shows ask. up at maybe the three hour mark. So okay. Uh, but yeah, it's a very long movie. Like 
his last movie, The Irishman, also like three and a half hours. I think he's discovered in later in life that he can make movies as long as he wants now because he's Martin Scorsese. And uh, we'll yeah. No. Here's here's my opinion on that. Boom. Yeah. Cut it out. <laughs> now, if you guys remember, last year I made my pact that uh, The Way of Water would be my last three-hour film. That is why I have not watched this movie yet. Wow. Is Oppenheimer 3? It's like 240 or something like that, right? Yeah. It's close. It's got to be close. Even that yeah. was pushing it. Yeah. Yeah. This movie, I I mean, my take has always been, I think I've said it before, like long movies, if they justify their length, I'm okay with them. If they don't justify their length, I'm not okay with them. So I like mo- long movies that are good, basically. And I think this movie does justify its length because of this, the epicness. And I think The Irishman, you can make more of a case that maybe it didn't need to be as long as it was. This movie, I feel like it really earns it. And there's a lot of story to tell. You could maybe trim like, 15 minutes but it would still be like three plus hours now Um, that's going to apple right jacob you said yeah so i spent 20 dollars to rent this movie on amazon prime because i wanted to see it before this episode and i missed it in theaters it's coming to uh apple is that what you said apple tv apple plus um like next week or something so i could have just waited and saw it or, or i don't have an apple plus account but i could have spent like eight dollars and said but i i actually bought it for 25 dollars. oh I could, wow i could hey, either always got it you like yeah. scorsese now, i could, I could either have rented it for 20 or bought it for 25 so i'm like if i'm going to spend the, that much money i might as well buy it the yeah. reason i bring that streamer up isn't isn't also did any of us see napoleon isn't that an also an apple epic yeah that's an apple that's in theaters now i didn't get the chance to see that that's ridley scott didn't ridley um, scott say he's going to release a four hour cut of that movie on apple Probably, Jeez. probably. <laughs> when you say you like long movies, Jacob, that justify their runtime, I do too. Yeah. They're called mini series. They're great. You would sure, you would love but... them, audiences. <laughs> I think, and yeah, this could have been a, a mini series, but that's sort of a different medium, and that gets different. Yeah. You know, it's, it's right. a whole different thing. It's like that wouldn't be released in the theater. Too. Yeah, that wouldn't wouldn't be nominated for Oscars. So it's it's just different, I guess. Um. <laughs> Hey, this well, movie I, gotta get him yeah i don't think scorsese cares but i think no. his later career for me is he's doing some of his best work in his his late career and i think his last four movies you had killers of the flower moon the irishman silence which is a really good movie about christian mission, missionaries in in japan mm-hmm. in the 1700s um and then wolf of wall street that's as good of a four movie run, I think, Damn. as he's had in his whole career. He's so. gotten really experimental. That is a really cool four. Yeah. 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 And I, I think really he's think. he's reaching the end of his life, sadly. He's 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 not a young man. Uh, and he's looking back and he's saying, you know, what have I contributed like what have I contributed to the culture in terms of like violence in movies and that kind of thing? And looking back at American history. So it's kind of about American mm-hmm. history. It's kind of about his career. It's all tied together. And like, he's reckoning with what his whole life has kind of been about. In a very yeah, he wants way. you to, he wants you to leave the door open a crack for him. He doesn't like when it's shut all the way. <laughs> That's mm. right. And the ending of this movie is just devastating and has, uh, one of the strangest, uh, most interesting director cameos I've ever seen to spoil huh. it a little bit. So yeah. him yeah. self. Wow. Oh. 
He's the, la- he's the last person to say a line in this movie. <laughs> and the way he explains it. <laughs> they in, were in, truly in the, the killers of the flower moon. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's partially about how true crime has become this whole entertainment um, media Uh-oh. business, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a true crime story, right? And it right. ends, to spoil it a little bit, it ends with a radio drama in the 50s that's telling oh, the story from wow. 30 years prior in, in the oh, 50s time. Wow. And he he said in interviews basically like I came to realize that like it's we're making entertainment and I'm making entertainment out of this true life story. So I felt like I had to be the last person to um you know say to admit this at the end of this movie and right and it's it's um I'm not even quoting him that well. But, hey, uh, yeah, one of those rare times where spoilers make me more interested. That's really yeah. cool, Jacob. I did not. Know it's that. a really cool ending. Yeah. Huh. No, that's a, and we did have a conversation about like doing adaptations of real life stuff and where's the responsibility and this yeah. kind of thing. And so it's cool yeah. that he's like kind of like, hey, mea culpa, let me let me end it. Yeah, he really feels a, a responsibility to tell the story in a way that sort of honors the real people involved. And of course, he's an old white guy, so he has his own perspective. And I think one of the one criticism you could say is, well, why does it why does it you know take place from the point of view of Leo's character and not Lily Gladstone's character, um, who the story is really about? But you're seeing it from the the eyes of this this white guy who's an outsider in this community. Mm-hmm. And I think that's interesting. But I think Scorsese he wouldn't really have the sort of authority to make it from Lily Gladstone's point of view. That should be. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, another director can make that movie, but that's sure. not his. Somebody movie in the make. Osage Nation, or yeah, yeah. absolutely. Your so I that's see. what I would say to that. But I think they did a, a really extensive job of trying to make it very accurate and bringing in, you know, consultants, Native American consultants, and stuff to make sure it was like very culturally accurate yeah. and respectful and all that. So, um, wow, really great movie. Strongly recommend. Um, you know. Great stuff. No, I need Love to see Scorsese. it. I can set aside three hours because um, yeah. I can binge, you know, five hundred episodes of One Piece. I can I can watch three hours of, of this. Um, and yeah, you can I'm watch it as for... a miniseries. Just watch That's it like true. an hour at a time. Yeah, yeah, in different settings. On my phone, on the toilet, how it was meant to be <laughs> watched. Right. right. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so that's my VR number one. Set. It'll be very big. Uh, <laughs> a justified number one, though. I think there's a lot of buzz around this film, and I'm stoked to see it for sure. Yeah, I think in a different year, it could have won Best Picture. Unfortunately, Oppenheimer is going to win. But right. Killers of the Flower Moon, I think, a better movie because I have it higher in my list. But yeah. yeah. But no goodbye uh, Oscar for Daddy. We don't get to send him <laughs> I think off. he won with The Departed in 2008. That was kind of his career achievement Oscar. Right. And um, he gets nominated for a lot of his movies been nominated, but he rarely wins. It's just bad timing a lot of times with other movies coming out in different narratives mm-hmm. and stuff but. i mean you're such a hugo stan <laughs> yeah <laughs> love hugo we all do mm-hmm. and look i'm gonna do my number one now it makes yeah. me feel ridiculous coming <laughs> off of that incredibly <laughs> important touching film no, it's you all subjective yeah it's right. all subjective this is my number one it's a blockbuster am i a populist yes because i think you need to be entertained uh, and this, to me, was the most entertaining movie. It's Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves, guys. Wow. I talked I about it before. It. It's on all our lists. I love yeah. that. I'm I'm so happy we all had it so high. Um, I want to say this. 
I think this is an interesting thing to think about. And I think Jacob will in particular love this little joke. This film, like another film released this year, has a problematic Bradley Cooper moment where instead of doing Jew face, he's pretending to be a little person. <laughs> is that problematic? Now, I would say this the is Hobbit. a better performance for him. I would the say he's, he's very funny as the halfling in this movie. Yeah. Uh, and it's maybe the best performance he gave this year. I did not like that maestro film. I noticed that um, wasn't on your list. <laughs> no, it was not. It's I've got it very low on Letterboxd. Mm. Uh, and, and this movie made me care about Michelle Rodriguez, like their relationship. Mm-hmm. Like Fast X came out this year, and I have totally reevaluated Michelle Rodriguez as an actress because mm-hmm. of Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves. That is wow. an incredible screenplay that writes to the strengths of an incredible cast. And I think that's yeah. what that movie is. So I love that her her and Chris Pine just have like a totally platonic relationship. They're just like yes. best friends. And you rarely see that between two Never. straight, you know, a man and woman who are the leads of the movie being totally platonic like that. So yes. let alone having one of them be a bard in D and D. Yes. Cause they will sleep and with the other a barbarian. Right. <laughs> so uh, and you know what else too. I like so easily that story could be the father daughter narrative that has consumed all of our media where it could be an adventure of them watching that girl the whole time. Instead, mm. she is a big part of it, but that's not what the drama is or the scope of the screenplay. And I think that's right. impressive writing too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, I agree. It's really, really great. It's fun, but it's like, it has heart. Like it's, it's a good script and it, it deserves, I think more credit. And so if people haven't yeah. seen it, watch it. It's, it's a ton Absolutely. of fun. I have it as five stars, Mike. Maybe the one thing that could give it a half star is sometimes when I think out loud of, yes, the red wizards of Thane who were trying to raise Borgo Mc. <laughs> that's the whatever that yeah, that's the there's a lot of lore it's like hmm, hmm. i will say that <laughs> Bradley i remember Cooper that they scene. say Baldur's gate jacob and i get very excited uh-huh. <laughs> that's right the, the jarnathan i mean i think the jarnathan yeah. scene is the best scene incredible in history and jacob when they end it with we were going to release you anyways <laughs> like it's yep. so fucking funny and original so, yeah and it, it's that's exactly it. how playing with your friends is yes like yes. you do some well, I shit, love that yeah, even great. the name Jarnathan just it's sounds like a perfect. name a DM would think of. I need like a weird sounding name. Jarnathan. Uh, sure. Because <laughs> <laughs> players like, yeah, they'll be like, oh, what's the name of the shopkeeper? And you're like, fuck it. Stop asking what their names are. Jarnathan. It's not important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Um, I love that pick. I will I say just the Bradley thing. Cooper scene learning that they were not together in the same room when they shot that kind of lesson for me. It's still a very funny scene, but Bradley Cooper shot his scenes individually for yeah. Michelle Rodriguez, but that's yeah. that's Hollywood magic for you. And boy, it is. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the magic. Too of busy making maestro. He was too busy pretending to conduct. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He was short on time. I guess. Ooh. <laughs> Thank you. Ooh. Hey. All right, Mike. I guess it's time. We already know what it I is. I think I know what it's going to be. Yeah. yeah. So my number one. Rising up from the ocean. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. <laughs> oh! Godzilla. Minus one. My favorite movie. It's of the year. Mike's number one pick. It's the only movie I saw twice in theaters, and I'm going to see it a third time. Minus color. I went twice. Wow. I like wow. It yeah. I do um, like the minus color. That's like yeah. the. um. Black and chrome. 
black oh yeah or the, yes. uh, the snyder yeah. cut black there's like a black and white justice snyder is cut. gray that's justice is gray that's all awesome. oh, oh my man. god yeah Zack snyder <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we've kind of talked about this. Uh, well, first of all, I had people behind me talking the whole time too. Like, like there oh, were a couple, there weren't many people when I went, but they were talking, but even so I just liked it so much that I went back and it was a little bit better experience the second time. But we've kind of said this kind of meditation of like the post-war and the bomb and the fact that it's being critical of like the government and like the Imperial like army, like, like yeah. the theme is at the end of the day, after the bombs dropped and everybody was minus one in the country, it was like the regular people who had to come together and fucking fix it. It's like industry, like electricians yeah, and the people bureaucracy of government them. and all that stuff. Yeah. And Shin Godzilla is about how the bureaucracy like doesn't react quick enough. And that's why like they're so slow. So this is like yes. critical of all that while kind of raising up like, you know, the regular people who suffered when we're bombing civilian populations and we shouldn't have been doing that. Um, right. Sorry, Mike, you did yeah. just remind me, I did sit next to a father and a very little son who, who talked during this movie as well. But mm -hmm. I will say it was awesome because they only spoke during one scene where it was where the scientist explains that by submerging Godzilla, the pressure of the ocean will kill him. And the dad yeah. leaned over to the kid and said, okay, so here's what's going on. What they're going to do is they're going to use these balloons. And he like very, oh, sure. he like clearly yep. understood that his kid was not going to get this. And it was helpful to me overhearing him. <laughs> yep. So I, it was like a pro talking moment. No, absolutely. So I think it's a great, yeah. Like also that plot to kill him is cool. Like, it's we'll so original. So interesting. Yeah. Yes. And then it will thinking outside the we'll box. raise him back up to, you know, recompress him. <laughs> we'll kill him work. with, yeah, recompression. Well, you know, he'll he'll just crumble inside. And you're like, oh my god. Yeah, I will say my for that. Yeah, my one critique of the movie is, mm. and I wonder what you guys think of this. The final, mm. without too much spoiling, I'll say the final oh. shot of the movie. I don't love. The, oh. And maybe that's contractual. Mm. That like Toho, like you always have to leave it open ended. That. Oh, Godzilla yeah, yeah. will return essentially. Now, but, so yeah. here's what I'm going to say about this. It will be a little vague. There's an ending shot that's a thing where literally when we left, everyone I saw it with was like, "What was that thing?" And I was like, "It was just a radiation." Like, what are you what are you talking about? If you go yeah. on Wikipedia, no, Jacob, you're right. It's pretty obvious that they're like, "That's a thing we are setting up." Where I was like, yeah. "Oh, I did not get that at all." Huh. No, that that was a. The second time I went, I kind of paid more attention to that. And then there's another like thing right after that. And it's like, I don't like any of this. So, yeah. yeah. But it's just the tiniest moment in what is otherwise like, I think, you know, perfect monster movie. There's a lot of nods to Spielberg and like Jaws. Um, yeah. You know, I just, I just really like it. The human story. I need a bigger boat. Yeah. Yeah. His Toho made a deal, Mike. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a great job. Toho, the creators of Godzilla, made a deal, I think, for five, maybe ten years where they transitioned the rights over to America. That's why we got the Garth Edwards and the whole Monsterverse mm -hmm. franchise. The right. second that was up, they had this director working for two years in pre-production said, the deal's over. Go now. And he immediately shot this mm -hmm. movie and released it as mm -hmm. fast as they can. Now we have these two divergent things. Yes. So, Mike... As a yes. Godzilla fan, how mm -hmm. are you feeling having these two different options here of like your art house Godzilla and your fucking blockbuster Godzilla? Well, it's interesting to have both, but man, does this make the legendary ones look like dog shit? Like even just yeah. like visuals, like oh my god, like it it's 
We don't love Millie Bobby Brown. In I cut her oh. out of the plot of that film on purpose. I did a fan yeah. edit to remove her entire. That's story. right. That's right. You did. <laughs> I, so thought, I, like I think I read about. Nothing. I think I read that the contract with Toho is that like Legendary can't release a Godzilla movie in the same year that a Toho Godzilla movie comes out. Ah. So basically, this year is is this, but then um, you know next, next year. year is going to be that uh, the you know monkey best friend Kong X Kong Godzilla X. Skull. Yeah. Pressures, yeah, Which, we're all excited. In fanfic, you don't use X like that unintentionally. So, well, yeah, they date by the end of the movie. Fall in love now, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 uh, um, yeah. Also, one thing I wanted to ask you, Mike. Yeah. You saw Shin Godzilla as well. Yep, yep. But you like this one better. This is much better. It's a, because uh, Shin Godzilla. The point is, it's a lot of boring government talk, and then Godzilla uh, fucking people up because the government can't do anything. They on the ground suffering of regular people as a result of war and trying to overcome that trauma and like the, yeah we have also an, an unusual family unit that develops in this film yeah right. very Dragon. much so i, I loved all of um, it, just dealing with like ptsd and guilt and yeah and all that did you by the by any chance see so hideki ano who made shin godzilla and made uh Neon Genesis Evangelion, of course. Right. He's been making these like Shin remakes of classic. Shin Kamen Rider, yeah. Yeah, so this yeah. year he made Shin yeah. Kamen Rider. I, w- I wanted to um, know huh. if you saw that at all. I have not seen that. I've not seen that. Um, which, it's on but Prime right out. now. Every time Reacher ends, it's like, do you want to watch Shin Kamen Rider? I'm like, I don't think so. Do you want to do Shin <laughs> Gamera coming It's out a Japanese yeah. uh, sort of take on the superhero genre, kind of. Yeah, so it's like a motorcycle. Yeah. You'll see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't seen that. Yeah, but I want to see this in black and white. It's like the best Godzilla movie ever. Yeah, it doesn't need a sequel. I think it's a great number one pick, and I knew that was going to be your pick, basically. Right, and not to Um, go crazy political, but it's like even just like the firebombing of Tokyo is like one of like the largest civilian like fucking things loss of life. America would just fuck it. We'll just we'll just hit the civilians, and that's really shitty. Don't be war criming, and then two nukes. So just the the weight, and then just showing how regular people got fucked because of choices the army made, and you know. Well, it's like, a good thing that uh, there's no situations currently going on where civilians are being killed, and yeah. So uh, again, it's 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 a poignant message, right? And yeah, it's like, absolutely. Everybody suffers in this type of stuff. Um, Christopher yeah, Nolan's that's... a coward. He can't show the atomic bomb going <laughs> off. Godzilla can. Yeah, and he is a bomb. In the Ginza sequence, if you see this movie, holy crap. Uh, yeah. Heartbreaking. Um, also, one more metaphor. Uh, he goes to a small island in the opening, very opening of the movie, and then a small Godzilla attacks, right? And uh, as a result, Japan is about to get fucked by big Godzilla later. That's like going to Pearl Harbor and waking up the monster. And then, uh, you know, so it's a whole thing. Yeah, it's true. Kamikaze pilot. It's it's a whole thing they're doing, and it's very clever. You're again, like Japanese, right. Japan's yeah. hubris of being like, we can take on America. Let's fucking you know attack Pearl Harbor, and then they got into oh, a fight. Uh, they can win. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Zilla. criticizes the government for like we it was a losing fucking war. We're killing our right. citizens pointlessly. Uh, so it's a great it's a great meditation on those themes in a monster movie. What are we doing without Godzilla? Yeah. It works, you know. Um. And that plane was a real plane that he used. So there you go. Fun fact. Yeah, I looked that up. It was very yeah, cool. Yeah, I had to. I'm like, reverse the prop. Yeah. Right oh, wow. What a and weird just to body add to design. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The praise and everything. Like, there was a time in November and December when 
this movie and boy in the heron were both in theaters doing well financially in america and i was like yeah Damn, hell yeah japan, japan is killing it right now this yeah. had a limited yeah. release um over the holiday season where every week you would read in the trades so they expanded it another week another week another mm-hmm. week because there was such demand so that's awesome yeah. I had hour-long conversations with people I was visiting who had seen it. Like everyone's been impressed, even if they're not a Godzilla fan. It's like Godzilla, and I'm glad. Yeah, good. Go Japan, you know. Like export some stuff besides anime. Hell yeah, like, you know. Let's go. Um, no Oscars probably, but I would give it sound design. I think special effects. I think they could pull it off. I think they're going to end up on the short list because they are in whatever yeah. consideration now. And if they knock off, you know. Aquaman 2 or whatever bullshit it's going to be, yeah. you know. Yeah, well, Oppenheimer is not on the short list for effects, yeah. which was like surprising. Yeah. 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 And um, also like it was no dubs. It was completely subtitled every release. Yeah. So for it to do that well, it's, it's really quite an amazing feat. Uh, so definitely. Go. And Godzilla is still being relevant 70 years later. The longest running character in cinema. Wow. I would have liked it better if Robert Pattinson voiced Godzilla. <laughs> True, true, true. Mahito. Mahito, <laughs> come with me. Godzilla. <laughs> yep, yep. That's great. Well, three very um, uh, different movies on the top spot. Yes. Absolutely. Great picks. Great I, year. I love both mm. of your picks, though. They are on my list. And mm-hmm. we want to quickly recap all of our lists really quick. I'll just, I can just read the names of my movies. Rush it out. Break through recap. it. Yeah. So just in order from one to ten, I'll read the names. Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Oppenheimer, Godzilla Minus One, Asteroid City, The Iron Claw, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, May, December, The Boy and the Heron, The Holdovers. All right. And my number one, I'm going Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, Godzilla Minus One, The Boy and the Heron, May, December, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Oppenheimer, Suzume, Past Lives, John Wick Chapter 4, and Knock at the Cabin. Love to see it. All right. And we got number one, Godzilla minus one, Barbie across the Spider-Verse, John Wick 4, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1, Dungeons and Dragons, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Oppenheimer, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, and we calling an audible and it's Evil Dead Rise. Hey, great movie. (laughs) But yeah, Um, in the top 10. Freaky movie. Yeah. Let's uh, get on the other side of this, wrap things up, maybe throw out a, a worst movie just for fun after this. We'll uh, yeah, let's do Hell it. Yeah. Happy 2023, guys. We're back here on Normies Like Us, where we're wrapping up our 2023. What a year it's been as we look forward to 2024. We just went through our top 10 movies. We shouted out some other stuff. Um, We said here maybe we'll shout out some video games, too. Maybe some losers and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, whatever else we want to wrap up about the year. I'll say, you know, the Game Awards said it. Baldur's Gate swept. My Uh, favorite of the year was uh, Tears of the Kingdom, but I didn't Mm -hmm. expect that to win, so... Right. Yeah, for me, Baldur's Gate 3 is the big one. I liked Starfield. A lot of people didn't like it. I mean, I kind of liked it. It was fun to play, not a made yourself like it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I forced myself to like it. Yeah. I would say, in terms of scope and just what they accomplished, though, it's like there are some things that are objective, and it's objectively true that Baldur's Gate was better than every game nominated. Yes. Even ones you might have liked. I think it's one of the best. 
games, not only of the year, but of, you know, a generation, like it's a generation defining game to me of like, this is the current state of games kind of thing. So it it defines the era, like what we can do. That's true. So yeah, that's great. And shout out to cyberpunk most improved player. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I still got to get in that. I've been ranking in Armored Core. I'm almost to A rank, so that's been fun. Wow. I could do a multiplayer, but it did deserve best go. action game, but it's not game of the year. But I'll yeah. throw in one late uh, late edition, a game I just recently started playing, Dave the Diver. A game I oh, picked sure. up on this. sale on Steam. Um, heard about it on the Get Played podcast, a podcast I listen to about video games. Dave the Diver, it's sort of an indie game uh, about a guy diving, catching fish, and making sushi. And there's like a, a sushi restaurant part of the game. There's a diving underwater part of the game. It's it's There's a lot to this game. It's very interesting, and I've been enjoying it the last couple days. So shout out nice. to that, Dave nice, the Diver. Nice, nice, I did some Resident Evil 4 VR, and that is crazy. Ooh. It's very spooky. God damn, so trying Oh, my God. You have yeah, to like rack the slide and load your gun. It's too much for me. I would get. Well, at scared. least that one doesn't have a big lady, but I guess the El Gigante <laughs> would be scary. They have, a, they have a VR version of Village, so maybe I'll have oh. to oh. oh. scale. Step on me, mommy. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, she's too big. <laughs> too big. Uh, I want to throw down the three movies that I think, four that were in the bottom. Fuck it. Mm. For yeah. me. Indiana Jones, Quantumania, Transformers Rise of the Beast, Fast X. Fast X, I oh, hate wow. so much because it's just a vanity project and Vin's impossible yeah. to work Rise with. Rise of the Beast, so you cool. had it that low? That yeah. hurts me. Fast X, I get, Mike, but Transformers, that hurts me. Those yeah, are Transformers. Our friends. I we're friends with Bumblebee. Okay you're, you're right. <laughs> that kind of movie. Yeah. We love him. You're right. I will Maybe shout out my... Blue. I looked at uh, my lowest ranked on Letterboxd to help me out mm-hmm. with this, and my two mm-hmm. lowest ranked at one and a half were... Five Nights at Freddy's and oh, The Flash. I forgot I watched Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I Some bad about movies this year. Indiana Jones, yeah. I would put down there as well. Those are probably my yeah. favorite. Yeah. 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 I'm with you. Flash, Indiana Jones. You guys didn't see Rebel Moon. I gave it a half star. It's it's despicably oh. bad. I was waiting. I'm waiting for the director's cut because apparently oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's going to be a director's yeah, cut. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I legitimately yeah. forgot about The Flash. That's how <laughs> much I didn't like it. Wow. Well, yeah. Mike, you're from the timeline where there was no Flash. So. That's right. We just have several Michael Keaton sequel Batman movies. <laughs> <laughs> and he's still doing it. Um, wow. Oh, shout out to our cameo from Jack Quaid in Oppenheimer, by the way. He was there for three minutes. We and the bongos. You bongos. always like to see that. I'm excited for uh-huh. the boys this season. I'll tell you, Absolutely. if just a, a TV shout out, This w- last year was the year that, you know, Took one piece to the next mm-hmm. cultural ubiquity level. I'm I'm excited right. about that personally. I thought yeah. the live action was cool. Yeah, yeah Japan's going off kind of right now. They're having a moment. Go go go, you guys. Well, there's the and um, you know more anime adaptations are happening at Netflix. I think Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, Yu people shows out now. Yeah, I watched yeah. the Yu Yu Mike. It was not my favorite. Hmm. Fair enough, but it's happening. Um, I guess I'll just shout out for TV. Interesting, but yeah, what's your team yeah. for this year? Just my number one TV show of the year was probably Succession, the final season, a show you guys don't watch, but mm-hmm. I promise you is a great show. Uh, so up you there say. with uh, The Sopranos and Breaking Bad and those kinds of shows. I think it deserves to be mentioned with those kinds of shows. So Yeah, 
No, it'll be on the list. Mine, of course, was One Piece, but now it's been uh, dethroned by Message from Space Galactic Wars starring Hiroki <laughs> Sonata. That's the new show of the year. Yeah. A late entry. But yeah. Um, well, I guess thanks for being here with us, Normies. What are you? Yeah. Please write in year. all that stuff of what lists you have and what your tops are, what games you played. Absolutely. Tell me, tell me what you didn't like. Tell me that mm-hmm. you also watched The Flash or Rebel Moon. And you're like, hey, I've got some things to say. We want to know about that. And hit us up mm-hmm. and tell us at normies underscore like underscore us. Uh, and rate, review, subscribe. That helps us out a lot, too. Hit us up on YouTube there as well. Yep. Absolutely. And I just want to say, like, I have a great time doing these episodes. I had a great time last year. And I just love talking movies with you guys and maybe highlighting some movies that we don't always get a chance to talk about on mm-hmm. this podcast. So. Um, it's not very normy to say like hey may december Maybe. episode we'll do <laughs> yeah, all it's like right. no probably not the whole so, numbers, yeah you're yeah. right jacob yeah the whole we we we're gonna side. do an hour and a half on it yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll do uh we'll do a side podcast called n24 it'll be all the art house stuff yes yes i love that <laughs> yes but i love talking Mitch, with you guys Mitch and like uh sharing our lists and saying farewell to 2023 maybe not a great year but a pretty good year for movies so mm-hmm. hopefully 2024 is also good let's Absolutely. make 2024 the year of peace and love and good kind stuff and knock yeah. off all the bullshit please mm-hmm. um, obviously there's going to be some political stuff that happens this year let's all cross our fingers <laughs> yes oh boy hold End our the world type yeah. uh, vibes yeah but at least we got you know good content to watch end of history yeah well join us as we ride into the sunset into the future 2024 well nero fiddled while rome burned and we will of course be streaming uh cake boss or whatever else on tv aquaman tears of the kingdom what's that yeah (laughs) and uh you know our uh our podcast will be uh, aquaman tears of the kingdom (laughs) tears of the lost kingdom oh my god that's what it's called yeah i think so too all right. Well, I think Godzilla might have gotten Colin, so <laughs> we might uh, have lost to get us out of here. His war has uh, not ended. Yeah. His war has not <laughs> ended. But I guess I've been your host. Uh, new year, new norm. It's me, Mike. And this is Baby New Year, Jacob, saying Happy New Year, everybody. Happy 2024. See you next time. See you next time. Bye-bye. Long out. My name is Gandalf the Grey, and I'm imploring you to leave a like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Don't keep it secret. Don't keep it safe. Don't take me as a conjurer of cheap tricks, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Normies Like Us. Fly, you fools.